everybody, and welcome to Mostly Film, your one-stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of film. Hey, listen, it's been a couple weeks because we had the prom of the church. We had Palm Sunday and Easter. The prom of the church? Some would say the Super Bowl. Well, no, I always had the Super Bowl, and then Abby <laughs> saw something that breaks it down as like, you know, prom is Easter, spring formal is Christmas, and oh, yeah. all this other stuff in regards to like No, it makes sense. Dances. It makes sense. Yeah, like Everyone. this is the biggest high school event of the year. Everybody yeah. goes to prom. Uh, yeah, so I know you were super busy. I was very busy. Getting prepped for that because yeah. um, y'all y'all brought the Lord down and back from heaven to reascend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um. I took it easy on you guys, straight up. Two weeks. I, I know you told me on the topic before we started recording yeah. that you thought I was going to be like 40 movies deep by now. Totally. Uh, but you didn't. I wasn't. By the way, I'm Jonathan, one of your hosts, joined by my co-host, <laughs> JP Payton. Hey, we're, hey we're a little out of practice. Yeah, a little it's out okay. Of practice, but hey, it's fine. We're back now. Um, and the reason I didn't watch a bunch of movies, and I had JP just do a little test out here so he could see. Yeah. I've been absorbed in the world, in, on my Xbox, on Game Pass, Tetris Effect Connected, which I watched the Tetris movie, which I'll talk about this week, which is what made me download the game, and it's Vampire Survivors. And to link that into movies is my man Gary Whitta, who uh, wrote the Book of Eli uh, and co-wrote Rogue One, is um, has been talking about on the Kind of Funny X-Cast podcast. Yeah. He's like, everybody needs to play Vampire Survivors, Vampire Survivors, hear about it forever. I finally did, and it has absorbed my life. So you played it a little bit on the top of the show, or before the show. What'd you think? I played it a little bit. I played it for like 25 minutes. Well, because each round, well, granted, you have all my power-ups, but yeah. each round takes minimum 10, 15 minutes, so. Uh, it was it was very fun. It was, you know, like a roguelite, just super... Dungeon crawler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my my type of game. You had me play the, the Tetris Effect game, and that's like a pure anxiety for me so it's supposed to be zen so tetris effect connected is supposed to be a yeah. zen and you start off like you started off on the final level yeah but like the first ones like it's all this ocean it's very slow it's all you know still it's, not for me it's nice you need to watch the tetris movie and then you'll get a whole new love for tetris oh, that's wow. what that's what uh sparked me yeah. But yeah i've been gaming a bunch i play a little bit of ghostwire tokyo uh i've been playing disney dreamlight valley because they've had some updates um other than that uh last week i was at work but i've been off since saturday and i'm off this whole week so that's been fun uh, so I haven't missed a bunch. I do have a sty under my eye right now. I've had the little like small ones before, like you know yeah. maybe doesn't really goes away in a day or two. I've had this one for a week to c- tomorrow, and they're not fun. They're not fun, and this Painful. one like hurts yeah, and swollen. It's not. It's not. It's not a great time. So anybody who's ever had a sty, I'm sorry. Um, a sty in the eye is not good. It's not fun. <laughs> so um, what have you been doing, man? I have been trying to rest. Um, I would not lie. I would not lie and, and not say that, um, you know, the two weeks off have, have been a little bit uh, needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, that Terry Gilliam was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, but I was thankful for it. You yeah, know, no, coming, I, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and in hindsight, I haven't changed my thoughts on Gilliam, yeah. but I needed a movie break. Yeah. Um, and so outside of uh, taking a break from podcasting, you know, I had Easter, which was awesome. Uh, you know, thankful to get to do what I get to do, but, um, strip. you know, yes, uh, strip for the Lord, the money. That's the, in that worship song, strip to the Lord, all the earth, let them see. Yeah. JP is naked, his balls <laughs> Okay, let's his move pee. on with that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of church, man, it's just been, uh, hanging out with, uh, family and friends, been trying to get together with you guys for. Ever, uh, not forever. I mean, forever. A couple weeks. Like 
But you know? I had a sick kid. I did have yeah. that this last week. She's tested negative for all the things. She's a little better now. She has a runny nose. But but um, no, mainly I've just been relaxing, catching up on some TV mainly, which I, you know, we'll get through, get into what we've mm-hmm. been watching. I'm excited to bit, talk but, about Justified yeah. with you. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's an all timer. So let's just jump right into it. Um, today we're, you know, we're up to take 25. Uh, so we're going to give you our trailer roundup. Uh, what we've been watching in the world of film and TV and the news for today. Um, pretty good show because we've missed a couple weeks. Now, granted, we're yeah. not, there's been a lot of news. We're not giving you all the news, all the trailers because, you know, we'd be here for three hours this episode alone. So uh, let's start with our trailer roundup. Um, out of the ones, we're going to talk about The Last Voyage of the Demeter, Hypnotic, The Marvels, Blue Beetle, Talk to Me, and Fool's Paradise. Out of these, JP, which one spoke to you the least? We'll start with that. Oh, man. Probably. Doo, doo, doo. Probably The Last Voyage. Really? The Last Voyage of the Demeter is the last? Yeah. That's like one of the hype ones for me. Yeah. So, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, I went and saw Renfield um, this last Thursday night. And this was the final trailer that showed for it, which makes sense because Renfield is a Dracula movie and The Last Voyage of the Demeter is a Dracula film. Um, now, it's a horror thriller kind of kind of film. Um, but this this one speaks to me. It's got the guy Davos from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and it's got Dalmatia. What's his name? I have no idea. He played Spotman. Uh, the guy who throws all the spots in the Suicide Squad. Yes. Um, yeah, he's in a he's, he's in, in a, a lot whole, of stuff. A lot of stuff. He's, he's in the new Batman movie. He's in a lot of. Lot I of didn't stuff. even really recognize him. Yeah. Until you just said who it was like, oh yeah, that's who that guy looked like. Yep. So, um, it's so it's you know set in like the 1800s. They go on this voyage and uh, a lot of stuff starts going wrong and turns to find out Dracula, the OG Dracula's on the ship, uh, getting carried to a new land and picking apart the crew as they go. Um, simple premise, but to me. Right up my alley. Uh, JP, not so much. No, not so much. It's a, it's a little bit more anxiety thriller inducing that. Is that uh, is that strictly why? Mainly, yeah. I mean, I'm more likely to watch, you know, the other horror movie in this list of Talk To Me. Talk To Me. So, yeah, this is A24, and yeah. I didn't, I should have looked it up. I didn't. I can only think of Midsommar as the other A24 movie that, I mean, you got bodies, bodies, bodies. That's not really, to me, a horror movie. Um, I feel like A24, though, kind of has a reputation of being a little bit more on the horror side. Yeah, now, maybe. it might be, I mean, because. I think of thrillers, and like, I, I consider bodies, bodies, I mean, bodies a thriller, Midsommar a thriller. The Witch would be a horror movie. Yeah. yeah I guess. That's, I forgot they did that one. But this was like the most, lean, to me, it feels like the most lean into horror from A24, sure. but I don't know. So the, this one, you know, they're at like this, you know, spin the bottle kind of party and there's like this hand with tattoos written all or stuff drawn all over it. And you touch the hand, it like possesses you and that you see stuff, but you can't spend more than, I think it's 90 seconds or something oh, like that. Dude. So A24 horror films before we, before we dive into the find trailer, it? because okay. yeah, uh, just quick look at it. Uh, Midsummer is obviously one yeah. of, uh, hereditary. Oh, right. Yeah. I thought that was Blumhouse. The Lighthouse, It Comes at Night. It Comes at Night, it's not a horror movie. Okay. And neither is Lighthouse. St. Maud, which I've heard is pretty yeah, effed up. I probably won't watch that one, though. I didn't uh, know that was A24 either. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton. There's like 20 movies here. But okay. most most of them are, though, either like like the Babadooks, A24. I didn't know that either. Okay, so <laughs> they yeah. Have, they have uncut gems as a horror. I don't I mean, know I guess why. if you have anxiety, yeah. get, I mean... Yeah, Abby thinks the bears, and I actually was the one who said it first, and now she agrees, like doubles down, says it's an episode. It reminds her of Uncut Gems, the bear. 
Oh, dude. It's just talking all episode seven. That's what we're up to. The next. So you haven't gotten to the takeout episode or to the um, online order episode yet. No, the one we just watched is where they had the people on the side of the street hustling. That episode, the the next episode is uncut gems in like 20 minutes. Okay, great. Because we've been, we've been feeling it. Oh, bro. So it's insane. Hulu, the bear doesn't need ads. Yeah. Four ads and the bear is obnoxious. Well, yeah, because you're cheap and have uh, the basic plan. Yeah. It pisses me off. It's okay. I do too. <laughs> makes me so mad. I, I need it though. You need it. No, see, I just need to get through it. I feel like I'm having to watch an hour episode of The Bear. It's like, no, stop that. They're like 30 minute episodes. I know, but the trailers oh, are like trailers, two minutes yeah. a piece. It's like, shoot. But anyway, no, talk to me. Uh, I guess the reason I just didn't think it was A24 because this one feels horror, horror, like hereditary. You know, some of the, a lot of the other ones you listed yeah. off outside of The Witch. Um, that I've seen. Well, it's it's a it's a possession movie. Yeah, and the, but I like the lean on this. The reason sure. that's why I put it on here. It's like um, Inception, the horror movie kind of. It looks like you go into your mind and you don't want to stay there, and then you get trapped in there, and the stuff that's in your mind maybe comes to life in real life. Yeah. So I'm all in on talk to me. Uh, I don't like. I don't love a lot of horror movies. I'll watch them if they, you know, if they're. I almost say cute. That's not the right word. Uh, if they're like unique and yeah. not just like a, you know standard exorcist or you know something some blasphemous really? for okay. this i will go see i will go see this one like in I, theaters, I figured probably. you're just all on board on all types of horror movies no i don't like a lot of horror movies i not because they scare me i just don't think they're original and i don't think they're really fun like evil dead rise that speaks to me zero really no i feel like i've had you pegged wrong this whole no. time we, I lo- we're like we're 25 episodes in and yeah. I like I, I i just thought you were all on board on all horrors no i only own like maybe 15 out of those like 2,000 movies up there. I only own like 15. Wow. Like I don't count Halloween as a horror movie. Yeah. I like know. those are just slasher films. Yes. Like true horror films mostly as a Christian person. I just it's, find yeah, like unnecessary. Yeah. Like I don't need that. I don't care. You know. Uh, but if they're unique and they're not just for the sake of being horror. Like I'll there's watch, there's depth to it. Yeah. Like there's actually yeah. Like a story to yeah. it. Yeah. Not just. That's why Hereditary is. Hereditary is great. Like yeah. What, what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Her- um Talk to me like it's very, you know, immersive. Um, you don't know what's reality, what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the next movie on the on the list, our old our old pal Ben Affleck. Okay, starring in Hypnotic. Yeah, looks um, like uh, so we mentioned this weeks ago. Yeah, because I I had seen, I guess the teaser images came out, or maybe like a ten second stinger or something about it. Yeah. And but it was paired with that Shailene Woodley movie we talked about. I don't remember what it was now. I don't remember. Um, and I was oh, like, I swear this was the, Ben Affleck, uh, the uh, serial killer. Yeah, she's like or, an FBI uh, agent or something. Yeah, he, uh, the shooter. Yeah, with yeah Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. Yeah, yes. But I don't remember. Somehow I got them confused as gotcha. one movie. But this is finally that movie. It's a Robert Rodriguez film uh, with Ben Affleck and the guy from Invasion, and uh, he's also in the Dark Knight briefly. Um, can't remember his name. The guy who does all the hypnotic stuff. Yes. Um, this looks. You mentioned it. You said it kind of feels like a cheap Michael Bay in a way. And I said not, it feels. Go ahead. Not 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 the premise of the movie itself. Not like the actual movie. Right. The the videography of it. Um, it's just a super grungy filter. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of yellows and green filter, green tint, and yeah. For me, and maybe it's maybe it's because I literally was I was hanging out with some family. Uh, before I got here tonight, and we just had Armageddon playing in the background. God, great movie. I, we can talk about it another time. We do a Michael I have Bay nostalgia interview. for it, so. 
Yes, uh, but that movie, it just, it looks dirty. Mm-hmm. It looks dirty, which I get that's the point sometimes, but anyways, th- this movie. Um, you see that nipple? I do. Okay, so Violet off subject, I was repositioning on, you know, this yeah. tank top was like a tank tank. Yep. Um, Violet now, if I don't hear something, she goes, pull, pull. I don't always think nipple. I know that's what she means. But if I don't realize it quick enough, she will pinch the fire and twist on my nipple. Like she was watching Blues Clues of me in bed the other day and she goes, pull, pull. I was like, what? And ignored her. Next thing I know, my nipple's on fire. She's a little, you know, clamp down on it going, nipple? I'm like, oh, yes. And then if you say the word she's thinking of, she goes, okay, and she'll release. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. Yes. No. Uh, hypnotic? Yeah. You were saying that, it, you know, a lot of blues and grays you're talking about Armageddon, and then mm-hmm. I talked about my nipple. So, it, well, the the thing though that I, the reason I kind of made out made that observation though is because like people like directors, filmographers, like they use those uh, those filters to convey like a feeling that you're supposed to have in this movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a movie very like Inception, like you mentioned earlier with Talk to Me, where you're not sure what reality is or not uh, right. because. Uh, this this guy that the Ben Affleck character is trying to catch. I, I'm assuming he's 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 a law uh, law agent. I don't know if it's federal or whatever. Who Ben Affleck? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's trying to track down this. But his daughter's missing too. Yeah. I I don't know. A lot the of full, layers here going. A lot on. of layers. Um, but basically, what you end up finding out is this guy who they're trying to track down. Uh, this hypnotist, I guess. I guess is what you would call him. Yeah. Um, but uh, he has basically corrupted all these all these other people that are basically doing his bidding. Kind of like Mr. Purple from Jessica Jones. Yes, very much like or Purple yeah. Man, whatever he's called. I don't remember David Tennant though. Yeah, love David Tennant. No, Hypnotic is right up my alley, and you know, yes. And to echo what you're saying about Michael Bay, it feels like a movie that would have released in 2007, and 2008. And I, I just love that because like The Voyage of the Last Demeter, Hypnotic, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, but like Fool's Paradise, uh, and like seeing Renfield, like The Covenant coming out. Yeah. We are officially out of the pandemic era. And like these movies that are coming out now, yeah. they're like cinema's back. Cause I'm, you're, these movies aren't all going to do well but they're taking chances again mm-hmm. and I'm all for that. I was listening to another podcast and it was around the time that 65 came out mm-hmm. where Did you ever see it? I didn't. Okay. I actually whenever I was thinking about like I need to watch some It's 20, on 2020 streamer now. Yeah, and whenever I was trying to it's like I need to watch some 2023 movies just to like stay up to date. Uh, 65 was one of the I thought to watch but I just got sucked into something else justified. Mm-hmm. Um but uh in the conversation though, talking about 65 there, like they brought up, like just asking the question of like, I don't really know why this movie was made. Yeah. Like there's no overarching like theme to it. There's no real, real plan or, or obvious, um, uh, agenda to like make more of these. It's just a, a See, I love that though. Yeah. Just a one-off movie. And that's, that's something that, that, did not happen during the pandemic or or even really right before, before the pandemic. Yeah, because we've been in the reboots, remakes, sequels. Yes, for, for a, a long time. And, it, and a lot of it was like, you have to have a certain IP that you can stretch across 10 years to to really be profitable mm-hmm. um, as a production company. And, you know, that I think we're we're getting kind of worn out on that. And I think that's also another reason. I don't, I, I'm glad that we're moving to that now yeah. getting, or getting out of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think that audiences still aren't, ready for that yet because we've been conditioned for like hey if it doesn't have a sequel if it's not a part of a franchise why am i getting invested into it as a one-off 
I think so. You're seeing movies like 65, and um, there's another movie that came out recently. Well, Renfield's not doing well. All these kind of one offs, they're not doing super well. Sure. I, I think it's because people aren't. I think that's part of it as a s- subconscious thing. Yeah. Um, that like, why does this movie matter? There's well, not going to be more. People simply just like they, they want to go and enjoy the movies together. Like, to, I mean, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but like a, a movie like Dungeons and Dragons, like, it there's no like it, it's just an easy watch. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I think they could do five of those. I'm sure they will easily, yeah. and you know and it, it's fine. whatever. Yeah, but you know you could change characters, whatever. The point being, I, it's just coming out of the pandemic. Um, what people want to see, what um production, um studios like will put out there now. I feel like they've kind of loosened the reins and just hopefully just letting creatives be creative. And uh, hypnotic yeah, feels out of that, too. Yeah, and I'm very excited. Great. Robert Rodriguez, Ben Affleck, I'm all in. Uh, I will see this in theaters. It's, I do feel like if this trailer had come out in 2007, if this was a 2007 trailer, we would already know the plot of the whole movie. Oh, yeah, because they have the voiceover the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, too, and it's great. I miss, I miss that. Oh, gosh, that, that guy's probably homeless now. He's out of work. That man's probably dead. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably true. Um, the next one, let's talk about. Um, let's just get them out of the way. Yeah. Um, the Marvels and Blue Beetle. Um, if you want to talk about things that came out that are actually good in this in this space, the trailer for Secret Invasion with Sam Jackson looks yeah. fantastic, and the Ahsoka trailer looks fantastic. Um, we're not going to discuss those, but those both look great. What doesn't look great is the Marvels. It's also the most disliked movie trailer in the history of YouTube, apparently. I feel like I feel like that's just Brie Larson hate. It which is. is unjustified. But um, but the the trailer itself wasn't very good. Um, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And I so I have, I, I have a theory. I don't okay. think it makes sense because I feel like I don't know time wise, but I think if it's not directly tied into Secret Invasion. I don't know which one comes out first. Either. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if what happens in Secret Invasion kind of affects Marvels, or if Marvels kind of affects Secret Invasion because that's the first. This is the first movie that we see mm-hmm. Nick um, Nick Fury in. You know, yeah. Since I don't, I don't remember the last time it's been for, been a while. But I bet Secret Invasion comes first. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. But yeah, I mean Brie Larson. I, I mean, I've talked about the. I, mean, I don't think she's the greatest, but also don't think she's warranted of the hate either. Yeah. Um. I, th- I think she's a very serviceable actress and has depending on, dependent on role. Is actually really good. I don't love her in the Marvel universe personally. But, I hate uh, her in the Nissan commercials. Yeah, same. <laughs> I also don't. The Monica Rambo character is just fine to me. Uh, the Kamala, I like it. Yeah, she's fine. The Kamala Khan character, however, yeah, is the most interesting to me, and I like the. I uh, finally got around to watching Miss Marvel, or uh, Marvel actually technically. Um, okay. On Disney yeah. Plus. That was actually fun. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that one. So I, I'm more interested in her at plot aspect of it all. Yeah. But like the humor, the, you know, we've already had the three people meet. We had the Thor, Captain America, Iron Man getting to get acclimated. This feels like a reintroduction of that almost. All these people coming to yeah. roost well, together. New Avengers, man. Yeah, it's just fine. I I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sold on the Marvels, but I'm sure it'll, actually, I'm sure it won't do well. Um, <laughs> That's sad. I think this is probably going to bomb. Um. But yeah, um, it's whatever. I don't think it's the should is the worst trailer I've ever seen in my life, though, for sure. Yeah, but it was just fine. You have any thoughts on it? No, I, I mean, I again, I just I think we don't we don't we won't know really until uh, probably Secret Invasion or vice versa. Really, kind of what the overarching like purpose of it all is. Yeah. Um. Next one's Blue Beetle. Uh, I'm a little higher on this one. 
uh, DC's new film, um, already changing the cinematic tone uh, of their universe. This one feels very, even though James Gunn, I don't think probably had anything to do with it because it's already done. I'm sure it was already in post-production by the time he took over at DC, I would guess, timeline-wise. But it looks very Guardians of the Galaxy humor-esque. It's very light. It's humor-laced very thoroughly, maybe too much. We get George Lopez back. I didn't think we'd see. Uh, Yeah, uh, that was, I I had no idea. Yeah, that was a real surprise to me. Um, But no, I think Blue Beetle looks pretty good, actually. Um, I mean, is it going to redefine DC? No. But yeah. it looks pretty good. I'm okay with it. It gives, I mean, and if you want to compare it to something in the DC universe, it's kind of, you know, Shazam type thing. But yeah, I, I think overall the Blue Beetle, like you said, it it's before the um, the gun regime. So bad. Um, <laughs> oh, but I'm thirsty. It's, That's I all you got. Yeah, I've drank my allotment of Diet Coke. So mm-hmm. now I'm on to this Olipop. It's a prebiotic botanical plant fiber vintage. Cola sparkling tonic. Sounds terrible. It's real bad. Yeah. But I needed some soda. I'd almost not drink it. But <laughs> uh but no, I, I think uh it's just the remnants of a you know, an old uh an old guard and it's just uh we gotta well, James Gunn did say he's gonna keep the blue beetle around though. But okay. He's same same thing with Shazam. Apparently Shazam and Blue Beetle are sticking apart of this thing. I'll believe the Shazam thing specifically when I see it, especially after all the I mean, if you want to, if you want to keep Zachary Levi and just recast the kid so that again yeah. it's more believable. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. Zach, I want some Zachary Levi, Chris Pratt action. <laughs> I, want. I don't mean that in like a weird way. I mean like on yeah. screen together. So some would want they're it that like way, this, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so that brings us to our last trailer, which I think is actually the most hype I have, and it came out of nowhere. It's called Fool's Paradise. Um. Charlie Day is your lead. You got Adrian Brody, John Malkovich, Eddie Falco, Jason Sudeikis, Kate Beckinsale, and um, Ken Jeong. Uh, what a cast. I told him before it started, I said it gives me kind of Wes Anderson vibes. Not the color palette, but everything else. Um, it gives me more Coen Brothers. Yeah, I can see that too, which, spoiler alert, yeah. that's what's coming. Coen Brothers interview. Um, so the rough plot is, you know, Charlie Day plays two characters in the film, uh, different people. And the one he looks like to be on the film or screen the majority of the time is like a guy who's in a mental institution and doesn't talk or really know. He kind of just mimics what he's told to mimic. Yeah. Um, so they some people find him on the street and turns out he's like this splitting image of this famous actor, Charlie Day, you know, whatever. And they call him uh, Latte Pronto is the stage name. He ends up being more famous than the actual actor. And, yeah. you know, whatever gets gets super famous and it's just a comedy uh fish out of water comedy uh but like you said kind of coen brothers kind of wes anderson uh great cast looks funny uh i think this is going to be right up my alley uh i'd not heard of fool's paradise at all so yeah. i was trying to find some trailers you know to w- weed through them today to talk about what we we're going to watch and this one is now like probably climbed like my top 10 most anticipated movies this year yeah it i it, like you said it has uh those different directors feels um because it feels like a dated movie mm-hmm. but it's it's set in real time um yeah i love the love the casting kind of um, gave me babylon like not oh like not not but, like but the huge cast i mean you're looking at the at the 
call or the um, casting list. And it's just, I mean, you got 12 just off the top that would be starring in movies. Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't, you know, anybody else. Um, and Charlie Day's the lead. <laughs> yeah. It's, and he looks great in this. Oh, Common. Common was another one that was in it. Well, Charlie Day. It, the, Charlie Day is also directing. Okay. I missed uh, that. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, the last, yeah, this is his director, directorial debut. Dang, quite a pull he got with yes. this. Then I didn't know. Charlie Day's love, man. No, I know, but like, still, I'm surprised. Yes. That's a lot of people to get in here. A ton of people. So, well, that's exciting. This is, like I said, this is the kind of film I don't think we would have got a few years ago. Um, glad we're getting it now. Yeah. If you haven't seen the trailer for Fool's Paradise, go see it. Uh, or go watch it. I, I, did it have a release date? Um, no, not that I see on Letterboxd, but I'm, I'm sure it does. Hold on. I'm sure it's coming soon-ish, too. Looks like it's done, done. And it's not going to be an awards category, so I bet it comes in the summer, spring. Um, May twelfth. Dang, just a couple weeks. Yep. Sure, it won't play around here though. <sighs> Nothing ever plays around here. It's a pain. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of our trailer roundup, um, which now we'll move straight into what we've been watching. And like I said, I took it easy on you. I only have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like twelve or thirteen films and a couple TV shows. Yeah. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time. So we talked about beforehand. I'm going to kind of go through these. Or we go through these because you, yeah. you have a handful too. Yeah. Um, least interested to most interested. Yeah. So out of the ones I watched, I'm, I'm not going to list off what I watched. I'm going to let you be in suspense as I go. Sure. Um, the least interesting out of what I watched was probably, and I hate to say it, Murder Mystery 2. So this I hate is to the, say it. This has been a pretty like I just, damn movie. Okay. So I'm an Adam Sandler apologist. I love Adam Sandler. That's fine. Even like the Ridiculous Six. I heard Murder Mystery, the first one was decent. Like, it's a, it's have a you not good seen movie. No. no, the first one's okay. Yeah. Uh, like, The Ridiculous Six is his lowest film of all time. That's and crazy. I, I kind of like The Ridiculous yeah. Six. So, you know, I'm just, I just like Adam Sandler. Murder Mystery 2 is, I think I gave it three, maybe two and a half stars. Let's see. I gave it three stars. But I, that, I watched it on March 1st uh, or April 1st. So, it's been a couple weeks now. I think I might lower it to two and a half. Um, because not only is it not really that funny, yeah, it's boring, which is two things you just don't want in a nope. movie. But you you forgive some of the rough edges because Adam Sandler is dedicated to role here. Jim and Jennifer Anderson continue to have good chemistry. Uh, I love almost anything Mark Strong is in. Although Mark Strong, if you've ever seen, it used to be called Brothers Grimsby, was the name of the film. I actually have the movie. Because nobody believes me, it's like a Berenstain, Berenstain yeah. Bears thing. It says the Brothers Grimsby on the case. It's now if you buy it, it's just called Grimsby. They re redid it, right. probably because of the Brothers Grimms. I don't know, but uh, anyway, Mark Strong is like the exact same role for him. I just all I could think was the Brothers Grimsby and how much better the Brothers Grimsby was than Murder Mystery too. Uh, so there's a little shameless plug. The Brothers Grimsby or is it is it just Grimsby? Yeah, they've got, but it's got a. The Brothers Grimsby, yeah. yeah but, but the movie title is... But whenever you search The Brothers Grimsby, it pulls up Grimsby. Grimsby. Yeah. So, um, Grimsby's way better, and it's super funny. If you haven't seen it, you should totally watch it. I had a great time with it. Does that have Sasha Beer? Yeah, he's the lead. Gotcha. Uh, very strange pairing, but yeah. it works. Uh, anyway, it's if you haven't seen the first one, which you haven't, you know, they're very bad mystery solvers. Uh, they go do, you know, whatever you need, or you need a PI. They're, the, I can do they're those that. people, yeah. husband and wife. The first one was pretty good. Uh, well, it was fine. Serviceable. Kind of funny. A few laughs. 
interesting premise. The second one kind of felt like a just a cash grab a little bit. Like yeah, just, Netflix, yeah, yeah, easy money. I know they signed that partnership with Adam Sandler. I'm sure it streamed well for them. But yeah, I don't really have much to say about it. It's just very fine. It's very generic. You could predict it from the beginning to end. You knew what it was going to be. And I thought some of the acting in it from the like the non known characters was actually pretty bad too. Uh, so as and I thought the script was poor. Yeah, I'm drum lowering my rating on this. More thought. Do it. I hadn't thought about it once since then. Real now time, I'm thinking do about. It. Yeah, I'll do. I'm lowering it to. I'm gonna edit two and a half. Actually, I'm lowering it to two. Rough. Yeah, I lowered it. So, yeah, Murder Mystery Two. If you're an Adam Sandler completionist, watching it, I am. But like Hubie Halloween, The Ridiculous Six, ain't got nothing. I'm trying to think of his. I'm just thinking of his Netflix films that he's done with. Yeah. The Merowitz Tales, or no, Sandy Wexler. Those are all better than Murder Mystery Two, and those aren't the best. So. Sandy Wexler, the Halloween one. That's Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween, yeah. So anyway, there's that for me. Do you want do you want to go ahead and do one? Or do you want me to do another? Why don't you do a few more? Yeah, okay. It. Um, so that brings my next one. Let me refresh that. To um I guess technically, if I'm going off ratings, I'm I'll do champions next. So champions is I gave it three and a half stars. So now we're we're now jumping up out of murder mystery. We actually enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um. So Champions is uh Woody Harrelson, uh Caitlin Olson, who you watch is always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, yes. She's the blonde, whatever yeah. her name is. Yeah. Okay. D. D. Yeah, Big yeah. Bird. I've only seen a few. Rob Mac uh McElhaney's wife. Are they really married in real life? They're really married. They've been married for a long time. Had no clue. It's a beautiful relationship. Hmm. Um. And like Cheech outside Martin. of Robson. Uh, Ryan Reynolds relationship which is also beautiful. you know they turned the whole soccer program around yeah that's wild to me um, between that aviation gym and Jen Jen and, and freaking Mint Mobile dude is a is Ron he Reynolds? a billionaire is he a billionaire I don't think so but probably. he sold it for a f- well between him and Blake Lively yes yeah most definitely so but anyway uh, champions have you ever seen you've seen the ringer right yeah with Johnny Knoxville this is a poor man's ringer so this is actually a, this is a family ringer so I should say th- Woody Harrelson is a an accomplished coach. Well, does something troubling. Not really as accomplished not, as the trailer. So but basically he's a to, good coach, but has a bad temper and gets bounced yes. out of anytime he gets a major shot. Yeah. His temper shows out worse and he gets demoted back overseas, G League, he ends Division up, Two, whatever. He ends up where? So he was like the main um assistant coach for uh G League team yeah. in the NBA. And gets uh pushes the head coach down because they disagree. And um, he gets put on because they called it assault or something like that. So he gets put on instead of going to jail. Oh no 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 no! Because of that incident, he has a, he gets drunk and has a DUI and hit, crashes into a cop car. And in order to spare jail time, this uh, judge lets him do community service, and that's spending ten weeks coaching a um, basketball team full of disabled players. Yeah. So. He gets there and he's, you know, like, I'm going to do my time, get out. He was pissed about it at first. And, you know, I'm just going to do my time, get out better than going to jail. And the whole time he's doing this, he's angling to get back into the <laughs> NBA. So he gets there. Obviously, he hates it at first. The team doesn't like him at first. Um, and you get the, you know, there's no good way to say it. You get the you get the comedy bits that you would expect between yeah. a coach and the disabled players. Yeah. They're still funny. And it's obvious humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the point. Yeah. It's in the trailer. I mean, it is what it is. 
Um, so, and I thought all the, all the actors, you know, playing the kids, the disabled kids were all fantastic. Yeah. They were all really good and really funny with line delivery, better than the ringers kids actually. But the difference is the humor is a lot more toned, toned back for yeah. this one. So that's why the ringer is funnier. The, well, the, 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 let me get it out. The ringer is more adult humor. Yes. This one is not this, the champion's more probably targeted, not for like full on family friendly. I would say 10 to yeah, like, so it, you know. it's a it's a soft PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's so. a couple jokes that were like pretty raunchy that I laughed sure. out loud, but they're just here and there scattered yeah. and probably go over a kid's head. Um, but no, as a whole, Woody Harrelson actually really seemed to enjoy his role here, uh, which was neat, and he he had really good chemistry with Caitlin Olson. Uh, loved their relationship in the movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's predictable. Obviously, you know, you know exactly how it's going to go. And the director, you know, is Bobby Bobby Farrelly. And his identity, even though Champions is kind of a heartfelt movie, I was watching it. I was like, I've seen this movie before. Where have I seen it? He's a director. There's something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber, uh, 2, Osmosis Jones, Hall Pass, Kingpin, Fever Pitch. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this guy's movies a hundred times. He's yeah. got that, you know, soapy rom-com raunch kind of going to it. But no, Champions is fun. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It, but it's predictable. Yeah. Uh, but you could definitely do worse if you have nothing else to watch. I'd I'd recommend watching uh watching Champions. Nice. So this is good. Three and a half star, three and a half star. I got my enjoyment out of it. I left with a happy face. Let me so, do another? I mean, yeah, I've I'd say I, hit I'll do I'll do i I'll do my last two three and a half stars. Okay. And then I'll I'll pass the buck. As uh, long as it's something I haven't watched as well. Oh well, Sharper's one of them, but we've well, already I've discussed. Already watched, yeah, I've already yeah, discussed Sharper, okay. so we can talk about it a little bit. I, I watched Sharper. Yeah, not what I expected it no. to be because I mean we talked about it, but since I hadn't seen it, you didn't go into full detail. Um, wasn't what I expected. It, you know, at, at one point of the film, like this is like a four and a half star film. I, I'm in it. The and then by the end of it, I was like, is this a three or three and a half? Like it really faltered for me as it kept going. Um, and like John Lithgow was such a wasted character uh, that could have done more. And I didn't love the Julianne Moore twist with it. The Julianne Moore character, I thought, was not written well. No. Um, I, I, I think Julianne Moore is an amazing actress. Oh, I love Julianne Moore. Uh, and so seeing her, because like I, I thought her her moments with, um, with Sebastian Stan mm -hmm. are honestly some of the best chemistry yeah. and, 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 a, and a lot of it's like when they're in the bar dancing and then, you know, they're being actually more not charismatic mother -son. with one another. You know, for a second though, I really thought they were mother son. And yeah. like when, when they kissed, I was like, it, that's had, the point. Though. I had a Tideland moment. Yeah. I was like, so are they really mother son or no? Stop it. So like, I stop it now. So again, I, I liked, the idea of how they broke up the movie mm -hmm. in three different parts from no, I like, different perspectives. I like that, but it, it, if I hadn't seen The Last Duel last year, I would have liked that a lot more. Okay, I haven't seen The Last Duel. So well, that's how it's broken up. Yeah. It, that's not a spoiler now. Gotcha. It's broken down. Each scene yeah. is from the three different leads' perspective. But the but that's probably different with this because it's from the perspective of like... You haven't seen The Last Duel? I, I want to. I, let's Save it for a Ridley Scott review. Okay, I can do that. Um, Actually, I don't know if I could do that. I'll, I'll I'll try my best. Uh, my point being, though, this movie kind of diluted itself the mm -hmm. more that it, it did because I don't think the premise of the movie was great. The execution was, was yeah. not handled I, I, well. didn't, I didn't love some of the writing choices um, for it. 
And Justice Smith, I felt like, was underutilized as well. Yeah, he had. A, I thought he had a great performance. Yeah, for what he had. For what he I had. think it would have been better to have him in it more. Um, yeah, Sebastian Stan, like, that was some big, I mean, big energy. Oh, yeah. Some... I liked his. He was the best part of the film. Exactly. Sebastian Stan was great. Um, and, I, and I actually thought Brianna Middleton, who played Sandra, was really good, too, yep. in her role. Um. But this was a definitely a Sebastian Stan vehicle. He definitely carried this film. Yeah. Um, he that's actually probably what gave it a half the star bump. It's probably a three star movie. Yeah. With a half star rating for Sebastian Stan alone. I agree. Um, uh, but this feels so. The unfortunately, Apple TV is crushing it with the TV shows, crushing it. But their films is f- kind of like Netflixy a little bit. Like okay, to me so far. Most of them are three and a half, three, three and a half stars. Like Finch. You ready for Ghosted? <laughs> no, probably not. The more and more I see it, probably not. But yeah. I'll watch it. But you know, like, what was it? Greyhound, Finch, the two Tom Hanks. Those are both solid three, three and a half ish. Yeah. You could maybe go up or down. You know, I'll talk about Tetris in a minute. Uh, what other ones, major ones have they had? The Magnificent oh, Maurice, the animated one. I haven't seen that. I can't remember because I, I I have not seen. I think Sharper was one of the first mm-hmm. like Apple movies I had seen. Yeah, and then Sharper hits that same three yeah. and a half. Like they're still not. Yeah, I kind of I kind of stayed away from the Tom Hanks ones that you mentioned just because I. You can skip Greyhound. Kinda, Finch yeah. Finch is worth a watch. Finch is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, nothing gonna blow you away, but it's fun. But anyway, Sharper. You know, like you said, it's it's a worthy watch, but eh. okay, it's, it was just it was a little underwhelming at by the end of the time. Uh, what well, wasn't underwhelming and that is bombing at the box office, unfortunately, is Renfield. Uh, saw it three and a half stars for me. Uh, now I went and saw this with Dawson, another buddy, and he, Dawson gave it two, maybe two and a half. That's not surprising. Solely sorry, for Nicolas Cage. Really? He loved Cage's performance. Loved it. Cage was great. So it would have been a no if Cage wasn't in like it? absolute zero. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Nicolas Cage was like. So I just want to start with that. Like. Nicolas Cage was fantastic in this movie. Really? Like, and not just like in a cagey, campy way. Like, he actually was really, like, he loved his time in this role. Had to have. Like, his acting was good. His energy was good. It was a perfect balance between, you know, cageisms and actual acting. Like, had a great time with Cage here. And what actually would have helped this film is if it starred, if Nicolas Cage was the star. Yeah. Uh, which is why it's not called Dracula. It's called Renfield. And Nicholas Howe is your. Holt? Majority Holt. Nicholas Holt? Holt, yes, is okay. your majority screen time. He probably has 75% of the screen I, time. I kept, I saw the trailer for this, and the more I saw it because they were just blowing this up on, mm. you know, commercials. Um, Nicholas, the more I kept watching it, the more Nicholas Holt as that character just made less sense to me. They do a fairly good, fairly good job explaining it. I had no issues with the plot. Yeah, the, the, the plot of it, I'm sure, but as far as like that type of actor, Nicholas Holt. Oh, I yeah. feel like you could have gotten, you know, a lower tier actor, maybe if that makes sense. And I thought Nicholas Holt was fine. Yeah. I, I had no issues with Nicholas Holt. Only, I, and I hate to say it, I went into this movie thinking this is going to be the movie that redeems Aquafina for me. It wasn't. <laughs> no. I still cannot stand Aquafina and Rebel Wilson go hand in hand for me. I do not enjoy any of their films. Oh well, I do like Bridesmaids, but that's well, that's not just the Rebel sure. Wilson owned thing, right? Uh, but no, Renfield. Nicholas Cage is probably only in it for about 30% of the film. Um, 
He, I don't know. I'd have to break down. He's probably only in it for roughly 20 minutes, 30 minutes max. Really? Mm-hmm. Of screen time. Now, his presence is there the whole time. The movie's, you know, a coin flip about him the whole time, but he's not in it that much, really. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Nichols Holt was good. Aquafina was obnoxious. The plot itself, you know, to what Dawson hated about it and is a little, war- which I kind of get, is it turned into like this mafia subplot that just didn't need to be. Like they ended up going up against the mafia. Kind of. Yeah. Um, and like Ben Schwartz's character, like Ben Schwartz can be really good if utilized the right way. Oh my gosh. Otherwise he's just obnoxious. He was like a, oh, Jamie Kennedy from Malibu's Most Wanted in this film. I have no, I have no idea the reference. You've never seen Malibu's Most Wanted? No. It's a cult classic comedy. You've never seen Malibu's <laughs> Most Wanted? No. Oh my gosh. It's okay. You know, you got to watch Malibu's Most Wanted. But anyway, no. Um, you probably would like Renfield. I think you'd probably land about where I was, three, three and a half stars. Um, it's got a 3.2 on Letterboxd, and I'll be honest with you, I'm shocked. Really? I do feel like, I do feel like as time goes, this movie's either, <sighs> this film's either going to stay about a 3.2, 3.5, and have a cult following, or it's going to end up being like a two on Letterboxd. I, I do think it won't appeal to the masses, and that's not the masses' fault. Sure. You know, um, the director, Chris McKay, did the Tomorrow Award, um, which is his only other real big live-action film. Um, the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt? Mm-hmm. He did that then? Renfield? Yeah. Hey, he's known for the Lego Batman movie. And he co-wrote uh, the Lego movie. Okay. So his live action adaptation so far, he's Chris, the tomorrow war was three stars for me. Yeah. And this one's three and a half stars. So, you know, we'll see how he does. All right. But Renfield is fun. If you allow yourself to have fun with it. And it is definitely, if you're a Nick cage fan, you will really enjoy it to me. That's what brought the enjoyment for me. Everything else was just okay. Okay. So there he is for me. I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to go into detail because yeah, it no, just opened that's, Thursday. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so lay it on me. Everything else I have is four stars or higher. So why don't you why don't you just hit unless it's something that we both saw together? Why don't you just hit to like the top three? Well, you've kind of been explaining them all. Never mind. Well, just short, short form. Okay. For well, me. why don't you give me your get, go until your top three unless we've seen it? You mean skip the other one? What's the other one? Top three. I have. Tetris, Rylane, Air, Inside, Super Mario, Mulholland Drive, and Dungeons and Dragons left. What would be your top three then? I'm saying what like keep going until you get to your top three. Oh, okay. I thought you meant cut out the rest. <laughs> I only have three. I was like, well, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I was gonna say I want to cut out Rylane. All right, let's talk. I'll, I'll, let's start with my four star zone. Uh, let's do Inside and Tetris. Yeah. Um, and I won't spend time on Tetris very much. Um, Taron Egerton, Tetris. Um. They did their best to make this not a boring documentary style film. Uh, and I appreciate that. I was fascinated though. I had no clue. I mean, everybody knows what Tetris is the game, but yeah. I was fascinated with the backstory and the history of this. And apparently it was pretty factually true. Uh, Cause I paused to make sure. Cause I was like, all right, how much am I really going to enjoy this? If I find out it's not really how loosely it is based on a true story, yeah. but apparently it's pretty, pretty close. So that made me enjoy it even more. They took some really fun creative detours with this movie too and had some really fun animation pieces in it. Uh, but subtle throughout the movie, not just like any like dreamscape. So it was really fun. Taron Egerton gave a great performance. Uh, and it was just kind of a little zany vibe to it. Like 
really is a really quirky biopic. Is this a biopic? Would you consider this a biopic? Yeah. Okay. Really quirky biopic. It almost, almost, well, not almost, like the cousin of Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Sure. It doesn't lean into the camp like that one did, but yeah. it, you can tell there it's were, a dramatized, like extremely dramatized. Well, this one is my more, yeah, but the facts are still there. Yes. Just, it's fun. It's like, exaggerated Tetris facts. is fun. Like, I had a fun time with it. It wasn't heavy. It wasn't boring. It wasn't too funny. Like, it was just a good, solid film. Like, it had yeah. all that I wanted from it. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely recommend talking about Apple TV. This is a good one. This is what I want more of. Tetris was a lot of fun, actually, and it got me to download the Tetris effect. So, kudos. It did what it was supposed to do. It made me want to play Tetris. And I got addicted again. Wow. Uh, so I definitely recommend Tetris to anybody who would watch it. It's 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 a lot of fun. Um, the next one, Inside. Remember at one, at one point I said, you know, Willem Dafoe could get nominated for an Oscar for this film? No. Nah. <laughs> no, it's, he did great, but yeah, it's not well, an Oscar. It's not, not an Oscar movie. Um, it is fun. And let's see what the runtime is on it. It is... Four stars, though. No, I really enjoyed it. It's 105 minutes. I think it could have been longer, actually. To me, I felt like it just happens, which testament to it, you know, it's a single location based film. You know, he's he's an art thief. He breaks in or gets into the place and then he gets locked down. And, you know, the owner, you come to find out he knows the owner from something long time ago. I'm not going to go into spoilers because it's new. Um, And like basically, you know, you, you have to use your imagination to why this is happening to him. Well. I'm letting you use your imagination because if I tell you what I perceive, it'd be a spoiler. Uh, but like when he's in there, you know, like the trailer shows, you know, one day the heat will be all the way up to like 100 degrees yeah. and uh, the next day it'll be down to like 30, uh, you know, and he has whatever's in, in the fridge. You know, there's not much food. There's not much water. The pantry, he takes so, him for So the house did this because it was set to do that or because he triggered something that made it do this? So... Your the trailer leads you to well, that's why I'm trying to get into spoiler because yeah I, the trailer leads you to believe that he triggers this all and yeah. it gets in there but, but really it, as it goes on living there I'm not something. so sure that it wasn't premeditated yeah. on the other like he knew he was coming I don't know yeah yeah either way um you know and like he runs out of water so he has to make the choice if he's gonna drink his piss water he has to poop in this pool in there like uh he just has to learn how to survive for like thirty plus days in this apartment. Yeah. Penthouse, you know, and like as he's in there longer, he finds secret rooms and secret passages that lead to some weird, weird stuff. And, you know, it's just a slowly descent into madness and turn to find out this is the this gets into. No, because it actually says it on there. You know, he's an artist himself. Yeah. And like. I'm not going to. When you watch this, we'll talk about it more in detail because I have a theory. I just don't want to discuss right here because it gets into spoiler territory. But Willem Dafoe does fantastic. He's the literal only person in the film uh, besides people he watches on like CCTV on yeah. t- that, you know, they have cameras he can see in the rest of the building, uh, but nobody can get to him. But it's just a descent to madness uh, and also survival. Someone actually called it a horror movie. Survival horror. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I-, I can definitely see it. If you're an anxious person, it might be that way. Uh, but no, inside's a lot of fun. I like I said, it's not an Oscar contender like I thought it might have been for Willem Dafoe, but um, it is a lot of fun. I had a great time with it. Awesome. It's very unique. I think you should give it a watch. I, I definitely recommend that one. Okay. So far, out of everything I've watched so far, I would rec- recommend Inside the most. A toss-up between that and Tetris. All right. 
So I have one more four star. Go for it. If you want me to do it. Yeah. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Ooh. This was a ton of fun. Like, Illumination. They're on to something. They're on it. Yeah. Their, their animation style is just, in the, we talk, we're going to talk about it in our news, like, they just want to print money. And not just like in a gimmicky way. I feel like they're doing more innovative stuff than Disney is right now. And it's not just all for show. Like, it's not like, hey, we're, you know, Disney can do Disney stuff because well, they're Disney. It's targeted for that, for that purpose, but it's, it's done well. So it's, it's, it's lasting. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, and I've seen a lot of, before I saw Super Mario Brothers movies and since we were like, oh, they're, you know, it's not for the gamers. This is strictly a kid's movie. No. If you grew up playing the games, there's so many fun Easter eggs in this film. Yeah, and like, that's what I've heard too. I had a great time, great time with the Super Mario Brothers. And I thought Chris Pratt was fantastic. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, did you hear about his voice, the original one? Tony Soprano? Yeah, they yep. had to say, no, nah, this ain't it. You sound like Tony Soprano. Like, you know. But no, I thought he was great. I, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong was perfect. And so was Jack Black as Bowser. They were both perfect casting. Yeah. Uh, you know, Charlie Day as Luigi. Dude, and give me a Luigi's Mansion. Like, that, that would do so well. They, they There is some very, like, you think they're going to go full Luigi's Mansion at one point. Yeah. And it didn't go there, unfortunately. But I, there was a huge missed opportunity for some King Boo and. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I, I think they do that so that the you have the the, the thirst is there, yeah, yeah. And the thirst is there for me. Like, uh, yeah. you know, this is going to be a franchise now, and this is one of those ones that I'm glad. Like, I'm all in Super sure. Mario Brothers. Not much to say about it. Like the Rainbow Road scene was fan- the Mario Kart bit was fantastic. The Donkey Kong battle, fantastic. The ending. So after the Rainbow Road scene. There's this Jonah in the well sequence, and like after that, it gets a little predictable. Like it's it's a kids movie, yeah. it is predictable. But that, like I didn't love the last 20, 30 minutes. That's why it, I I was like, this is gonna be a four and a half five star movie. Oh my gosh! But the last 20, 30 minutes kind of like dumb it down a little. Ah, yeah. There there's the watered down kids version. Um, but for the first half, I was enthralled. Uh, but overall, Super Mario Brothers, this is the type of animation I want. And I think this is kind of stuff that's gonna have to make Disney do better because you know they're seeing the returns on you know, minions and this, like, oh my gosh, what what are they doing that were like Puss in Boots? You know, it's a different company, but you know, Disney's the odd one out. Their last three animated films have been kind of turds. So, uh, with Pinocchio, Strange World and, um, Turning Red. Turning Red did well, but not like they were expecting. Yeah. So, and everything else is crushing it. But Super Mario Brothers movie, I recommend going to see this in theaters while it's there. Something about seeing this on a big screen. I was just grinning from ear to ear the whole time. And there was like people like the movie I went to, there was like a 60 year old dude by himself behind me. And then there was a family with kids, little, little, little kids there. Then another dude, a couple teenage or teenage dudes together. Like Mario just transcends generations. Like I can't believe we even had a good Mario movies before now. I mean, well, I mean, Bob Haskins and John Leguizamo, but kind of shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that one, but now I think I'm going to have to. I don't know, man. Seth Rogen. Like said, it it literally ruined, uh, ruined, I guess video game movies or I forget the exact word, but it, it just like it ruined movies for him for a while. Um, it's like such an iconically bad film. Yeah, I need to watch it. I think it's just one of those ones I need to watch. That'd be a fun, that'd be a fun like one off episode in between directors, like where we do a topic or two and we talk. We just watch like two of the like not like the room, like yeah, big budget, worst films of all time to watch and okay. discuss. I think yeah. that'd be a fun, like when we get through a for, like Terry Gilliam or now Coen brothers, we get yeah. through like 14, 16 of their films. Like, Oh, what are we going to do? 
Watch something it's like a that. Palate cleanser. Yeah. Watch something bad. Yeah. Get ready for the good. Uh, so th- there's that. And now let's let you talk about a couple because yeah. because we both saw together. We saw Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And we both have seen Rye Lane. Yes. And then I have Air, but well, and we both seen Mulholland Drive. So which one do you want to talk about first? That we saw together. No. Oh, yeah. The so, ones you, you yeah, watched. I'll talk some about. I got talk. I got to talk about this movie, The Squeeze. Don't know it. Don't know it. No. Is that, did you, you add that recently? Because I, I was looking at your. I, I watched it shortly after our last recording. Uh, did you look log up, it? Look. Yes, I did. Look it up. I need you to look at that poster for me and just give me your first impression of this movie. It's got Michael Keaton in it. We got a very very young Michael Keaton, or not super oh, yeah, young. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember um, this now. But those are the World Trade Centers. That's the World Trade Center. He is uh being squeezed by the squeezed World Trade by Center. World Trade Center. Uh, so you know what's sad? Some people really were. Oh my god! It's a little dark humor for you today. Yep. It wouldn't be an episode without it. It wouldn't. Um. So, anyways, yeah, this movie came out in 1987. Mm. Um. Outside of Michael Keaton, you've got uh, Ray Don Chong, who I'm, I wasn't super familiar with in the beginning, but when I kind of looked at her, you know, filmography, choosing the color purples, which she's probably the most known for. Um, and then Commando, just another, you know, Schwarzenegger uh, movie from, you know, the 80s. Commando. I thought you said Mando. Oh, no. Yeah, Commando. I might have said something different. I'm not sure. Um, but. Dude, and it's got uh, a great meatloaf showing, like a sweaty, sweaty like meatloaf. The act, like the singer? Yes. Okay. Um, I know if you meant like, ma, the meatloaf. Like actual <laughs> meat, meatloaf. Yeah, so no, this movie is basically about a struggling artist who is separated or divorced. I think the I think his, his ex-wife is trying to process the divorce. Um, and he's trying, he's, he's being served a subpoena. Um, He's being served basically by this collection agency who is this police detective. Um, And along the line, the wife wins the lottery, runs off. And some people, you find out that she was connected to these uh, people that might have been in the mob or um, it's it's hard to explain because they don't do really a, a well job of explaining it. And that cover art doesn't give me any it, vibes the, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's totally misleading. Um, that's probably the reason why this movie is is, is done so well. Uh, you get on Letterboxd, it's two and a half stars. Um, yeah, I, I think the Rotten, the Rotten Tomatoes score is like 14%. I swear Rotten Tomatoes is ruining film too. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty close to, to what this is. I feel, I I feel like, it. I, I, feel like people, I feel like people don't go see movies because of Rotten Tomatoes now. Yeah, I mean, you get a you get a good Michael Keaton performance. It's kind of like a, a zany uh, Michael. Um, but other than that, like I said, you got a sweaty meatloaf. But it, it's just it, it's just weird. Um, I forget who he reminds me of. Um, but either way, it, it overall this movie's super forgettable. Um, it makes zero sense. Um, even whenever you get to the third act, to like the big set piece of really why all this is happening it's not really explained yeah um basically they're trying to rig the lottery it's like a a big commercial for the for the lottery um and 
So yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird movie, and I gave it two stars. Wasn't really into it. Uh, so after that though, yeah, I don't think I need to see it either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after hearing that, that. I, I literally I'd, I'd never heard of it, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing the trailer. Like you watched that all the way back like two weeks ago. I was like, don't know, it. and I hadn't forgot about. I it. I don't no. even know how this movie came on came on my radar. Um, but the second worst movie that I probably saw was Austin Powers and the Gold Member. Great film. Great film. What'd you give it? Give it three stars. Okay. I mean, I think probably all the Austin Powers films are about three stars. Yeah. I just, I think Michael Myers is hilarious. I do too. But it's a very, very niche brand of humor. Yes. The only thing that I thought that was like really funny about this was the movie within the movie. Mm -hmm. The fact that you get Tom Cruise, um, who was the other person? It was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, who played Dr. Evil? Oh, uh, House, uh, James Spader? No. Nope. pulling it up. Let's see. Seth Green. No. Oh, that's Scott Evil. No, he. Um, Dr. House of Cards. What's his name? Uh, James. Not James Spader, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, so you get Kevin Spacey that plays like the the movie, ver- the fake movie version. Oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. You got John Travolta, got Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. It's hilarious. Um, oh, Nathan Lane. I forgot he's in it too. Yeah, Nathan Lane plays um, Austin Powers' father. Um, yeah, it's great. It's it, it's a funny movie, but it's overall cast. pretty pretty forgettable. Um, yeah. So. Is that the last one of the series? Yes. Uh, I would honestly, though, I think I'd be okay if they did another one of these. I think so, too. I think the time's right for it yeah, now, too. Yeah. Uh, it's been long enough. I think people still like the fran- have nostalgia for the, the franchise. Was there a Netflix movie recently that Michael Myers did where he plays a bunch of... Five different, different characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like he kind of dipped his toe back into that type of acting, and mm. I totally think he could I think jump the, back into... I think the cinema... <laughs> I think cinema the cinema ground is ripe for it's the been planting. Tilled. What's the word on the fertile? Yeah, it's fertile. Fertile for the planning, baby. Uh, so yeah, uh, gold member. I gave it three stars. Really wasn't super into it. Um, yeah, I think after that, man. Does that bring us to Rye Lane? <laughs> no. What else do you got? Well, I mean, Dungeons and Dragon was was probably like the next of all the movies that I watched. I gave them both four stars, but I like Dungeons and Dragons yeah, three, better than Dungeons Rylan. and Dragons three and a half. So let's talk about it. Okay, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Okay, I love Dungeons and Dragons. I gave it four. You gave it three and a half. Yeah, I had a very good time with Dungeons I, and Dragons. I enjoyed it. This was. We're finally getting a new fantasy series. That's going to be good. I mean, is it confirmed? No, but they will. It's yeah. still printing money. Like it did really well. Continues to do really well. Yeah. Um, Chris Pine. This is this is my Chris Pine right here. So I, I actually think a successful version of this franchise mm-hmm. doesn't go back to the Chris Pine well. Really, you think they recasted every movie? I think they recast. Yeah, because it, that's D and D, man. Rerolling. You get it. Yeah, you get a new. You get a new batch of. You know. Do you think that'll work in modern Hollywood though? You think Chris At, Pine then on them are gonna be like, no, I want my money. Absolutely. For this. If it's super simple, you get... Do you think you change directors too, or no? Because um, then you get into like a Star Wars thing. Well, no, because you don't have to do the same plot. Yeah, because time. that's that's the thing with Dungeons & Dragons is it's it's not always, you know, a heist format. 
So you're saying I didn't think, think about it this way. D and D could evolve into like a glass glass onion kind of thing. Yeah, it's all it, it, or it, knives it's, out. It's yeah. an anthology. Um, and then eventually, a few movies in, you could have like an end game kind that, of thing. And, and that doesn't Chris mean Pine and all them come back. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that this is not in a separate world. Like this is this is kind of in the same quote unquote realm. Give me the flashback with Bradley Cooper. That's what I want. <laughs> I want that story. That was amazing. And I want the sex scene. I was so before I had watched it, I I had heard like, oh, it's this. Uh, like the headlines were like, every, why everybody's so crazy about this cameo in Dungeons and Dragons? I didn't know Clue Bradley I, I, Cooper was in it. Uh, yeah, that I had no idea. Me. Little little baby Bradley <laughs> Cooper, like, what the hell is this? I was thrilled, but I was like, whoa, this is great. Yes. Uh, no, this was a lot of fun. I thought I thought Chris Pine, to me personally, I thought he was great here. I yeah. thought Hugh Grant was fantastic here. Uh, the CGI was not as bad as no. I feel like people were like the people that weren't crazy about this movie. The CGI was the big hang up, and, and like I, I think they could have even done. They had the budget for it. I think yeah. it was a perfect amount of. I, like, hey, this is a comedy. I, yes, and I think if you go too heavy on like super well done CGI, then you lose the like it becomes almost too immersive, too mm-hmm. realistic. Where it struck a perfect to, balance. Yeah, yeah. There's supposed to be that kind of facade of you know of yeah this like this this is not reality like this is you know a figmented like fictional world you know what's funny though yeah this was a very interesting pairing the movie i saw right before this was jabberwocky then i went straight into dungeons and dragons it actually really was a fun pairing (laughs) like so and i was hearing people compare it actually to like monty python and the holy grail yeah that was a lot of like I, I was the one who told you that because, well, well, unless you I, saw I've it too. Heard like, other people. I've heard other they people said it's like that. Lord of the Rings meets Monty Python on the Holy Grail, yeah. which Lord of the Rings, sure, but I don't get the Monty Python on nah. the Holy Grail stuff. I mean, uh, what? Because it's a funny Lord of the Rings spoofish. Nah. But Jabberwocky, if you're going to compare it to Terry Gilliam, man, Jabberwocky is, fits more than very much like Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Yeah. But no, I thought, I'm not a big Michelle Rodriguez fan either, but I thought she was really fun she in was here. Great in and, it, but yeah. what made this film so good, though, to me, was I thought the chemistry between. Justice Smith, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Chris Pine, and uh, Sophia Lyles. Yeah, Sophia Lyles. Lilies, maybe I or Lilis. Yeah, the 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 druid. Yeah, she's good. What this movie could have used more of though was honestly the reggae Jean Page. Well, again, I think that's I think that's partially like Page's character could be part of a spinoff in some some form or fashion. Well, they gave you so much lore cram packed yeah. into this movie. You could do a prequel. You could jump in the future. You could do a whole spinoff. Like, yeah. you have like eighty different directions you could go. But like you said, thinking about it this way now, I, my whole time I've been sitting here thinking since I've seen it. Oh, we're gonna get this same cast again. Yeah. Re- the re-roll and marketing it as a yeah. re-roll to the D and D folks out there. Well, it, and getting a whole new cast now that they've seen the success of this, you'll mm-hmm. get more people. Sign me up for that. And then eventually, like I said, I would love to have like a. Avengers Endgame kind of thing. I don't know how that works with D&D. Yeah. Where you bring them all in somehow. Yeah, you walk into a tavern and, you know, you, there's this this trope of, uh, troop of, you know. You gotta have the Stranger Things people yeah. cameo in here at some point too because of the, <laughs> you know, that just... just yeah, after season five wraps, yeah, they got their own their own. Group. That's how it ends. It's, it leads I, into the next Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah, I... I... I don't know. I don't know what, what else to really say about this movie. No, I, it's just I a lot loved, of fun. I love Hugh Grant. You know, did you ever watch? You watch Operation Fortune, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on. I love both of his last two movies. Like, I'm on a Hugh Grant kick right now. Hugh Grant's just like does not care, man. Yeah. He's just he's just doing it. He don't care. No, and yeah, 
I'm, I'm a fan. No, there's really not much. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is what the trailer is. Yeah. I mean, you're not gonna if you don't like the trailer, you're not gonna like the movie. If you did like the trailer, again, you're gonna leave. You're gonna that have fun. goes back to what we were saying like earlier uh, to but where hypnotic. like the type like the type of movies that we're getting now. It's just it, it is just mind numbing enjoyment mm-hmm. with no ten year plan. Now, if it's successful, could you do something out of that? Sure, but yeah. the immediate goal is to to please the customer, like to to make money. Yeah, like John Wick originally was just a. They said yeah. it makes money cool. Yeah. Same thing with the Joker, the first one. Yeah. It makes money cool. We're just making a movie, and John Wick Four still still crushing it at the box office. So, it's just a great time for film. I just love this year. Like last year was a great year for film, and I said, "Man, you're not going to get much better than last year." <laughs> yeah. This year's already almost better to me, especially when you know what's slated for this year. The fact that we're getting Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same damn day. What a great year. Uh, what a yeah. great year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of fun. You want to do Rye Lane next? Or do you got something else you were talking about? Well, one of the other movies that I'd watched that you hadn't seen, but it's, it's, it's up there. Um, it was a four star for me. Is Paddington. I've not seen either of the Paddington films. I had not watched Paddington for the first time. Or I had not watched Paddington before. This is okay. for the first time. It was four stars for me, man. It is wholesome as... AF. Yeah, man. Wholesome I AF. I mean, it yeah. is... It's so good. Um, I don't know if it's just because it's 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 a British show. I don't know, man. It, it's... <sighs> British television, the movies, like, all that it just hits different mm-hmm. it's a there's a certain you know delivery does that include terry gilliam because we just came off 16 t- british films in a row I mean, <laughs> yeah um more succession than anything yeah yeah I, I don't know man there's just american movies especially like kids movies it, it it's it's all about you know adventure or setting a uh you know setting up a certain type of character that either distracts you, makes you laugh or, you know, or on a different scale, like super, like kind of like I'm looking at toy story, like, you know, someone that kids want to be or idolize type of thing. Whereas Paddington's just like, he's a good person. He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's just a bear. He's an African bear. He's an African bear. He's South African. I thought. Wow. I didn't know. He was that marmalade deep? sandwiches. Is it like a Christopher Robin kind of thing where he comes to life or is he just a real bear? No. He's a real bear. They're, yeah, these bears are discovered. They have high intellect and this... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, this, I assume explorer, this, was like... this explorer basically finds them and it's kind of like Tarzan mm-hmm. um, where he, he you know, or uh, not not Tarzan, like uh, Jane Jane Goodall with the gorillas or whatever. Yeah. Like this this guy finds them and spends time. Jane. Jane Goodall. Yeah, Jane from Tarzan. Sure. Jane Clayton and the professor. Yeah, but Jane Goodall is the famous scientist that. That's what she's named after for the Tarzan okay, movie. Okay. Yes. Or Jane, Tar- Jane is named yeah, that's after what Jane the characters. Goodall. Okay, yes. We're, we're agreeing. We're on the same page. We're agreeing uh, differently. But um, yeah, he spends time with them and, and these two bears, you know. Uh, wow, this early is on in the movie. revolutionary to me because I thought this was 1000% like. The Ewan McGregor, Christopher Robin kind of thing where no. it's a stuffed animal that comes to life. No, it, it's totally normal for this bear to talk. Wow. No one no one reacts strangely. And and that's it as an adult watching this movie, it's something that kind of like, hmm, why? But whenever you just turn your brain off and you just enjoy it. I'm like, pretty good I, about that with films. Yeah, like when Violet 
is just a little bit older where she can catch his stuff. I mean, she likes hey, to be a dinosaur. We made it 30 minutes into the land before time. I'm telling the you, first one. let her watch Paddington. She would love I it. I should have added that on here. That first 30 minutes of Land Before Time, well, and it's a Lucas, George yeah. Lucas, Steven Spielberg collab. What a great film. And we would have made it further in the Land Before Time, but she started paying attention to the long necks, you know? <laughs> and 30 minutes in, she goes, she her eyes, she squinted at me, looked at me, she goes, Arlo, now, Arlo. <laughs> she She's wanna, like, she, she, she immediately is like, oh, wait, this reminds me of the other dinosaur movie. Yes. Uh, but no, anyway, uh, the reason she's into 2D animation now, Abby's got her on Little Bear. She's oh, obsessed yeah. with Little Bear, yeah. which is good because she hadn't been interested in 2D animation, only the 3D animation. I was hanging out with a couple friends who also have a, a child that is probably the same age as Violet. Um, they were watching a show called Tumble Leaf. I don't know Tumble Leaf. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a prime show, mm-hmm. um, and it's like stop motion. Really well done. Kind of gave me fantastic mis- Fantastic Mr. Fox mm-hmm. or meets like Tim Burton. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now that Violet's into like watching me game now for the first yeah. time, we played Disneyland Adventures and Dreamlight <laughs> yeah, Valley. That's a good call. She's starting to get starting to get a little more outside yeah. of like Frozen Moana and Canto. Like they don't have to sing the whole time now. Yeah. Which is a blessing. So I understand. Uh I, like, I don't understand, but I can try to understand. You know what I don't understand, but I need you to explain to me though. Yes. Princess Mononoke. 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 Are you going to go see the new anime that's in theaters right now? What? The Suzuki? No. That's not right. <laughs> no, there there is a there is an anime movie. I forget the director, the, but the, it's... The uh, Suzume. Yes. By M- Makoto Shinake. Yes. I think he's the same dude that did the um, Call Me By Your Name. He is. Um, I will not. It's not my... It's not my... Um, I recognize they're really well done. Um, they're just, they're super story driven, which I, I totally get, but, um, and they look beautiful. Cause it had, when we went and saw yeah. Renfield, it was showing the same night and it had yeah. about 13 people, about the same as Renfield, 13 people there to see it. Yeah. So anime getting a lot of love at the theaters too. I mean, it's, it's really popular. Um, it? Princess Mononoke though. It is of, of all of, uh, um, oh, shoot. The guy who does the Studio Ghibli stuff? Yes. Um, I can't remember his name now. I'm an idiot. But it is considered like his epic. Um, really? Yes. It is It is gruesome. There are some There are some fight scenes in there where you're, you're seeing heads fly off. You're seeing arms get chopped off. Miyazaki. Miyazaki, yes. I kept thinking Makanoto from, or Makanoto from Nintendo. Sure. I like, no. Uh, but Princess Mononoke, honestly, like if you were to like, just jump in with a Ghibli movie, that would be the one for you. It's his fourth most popular. Yeah, because the other one Spirited Away, yeah. Howl's Moving Castle, and My Neighbor Totoro. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Princess Mononoke, honestly. Then Kiki's Delivery Service. Yes. I think I'm going to watch some anime this summer. The Man Who Made the Summer? No, I think I'm going to watch some anime this oh. summer. Oh, yeah. For the first time, I think I'm going to pop my anime cherry. Let me curate a list for you. I think I'm just going to watch Miyazaki's well, yeah. Some of them, though, you should watch with Abby. I think yeah. she would get the vibe. Like Ponyo? Uh, yeah, maybe. She would definitely get Kiki's Delivery Service. Spirited Away? No, probably not. Um, Castle in the Sky? Maybe. Dawson watched Porco Rosso. He liked it. Yeah. Um, the um, 
the, 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 the my neighbor Totoro is like pretty well beloved. Is super huh. wholesome. Uh, but yeah, Ghibli would just be a good one to dive into. But there's some other ones that were definitely worth the time. Um, so yeah, where's this moment? Okay, it's a five star for me always. Got a four point three average. It's high. Yeah. So I, I mean, it it might be less for me. Um, but of just nostalgia factored in, it, it I think it'll always be. Did a you five grow star. up watching anime? Yeah, but I mean, it was your shonen like, like your uh, Dragon Ball Z type stuff, and it really wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized, hey, some plots like actually like important to to storytelling. Yeah, and it it just even makes it even more because that's the thing with anime; it's just like it's pure, um, like dopamine like indoor like it just numbs you it's escapism yeah um and anime is it's that super immersive yeah that's what disney i think is to me for the most part so yeah so i think i think you would really get hooked i on think I, I think i can vibe with some anime i'm gonna i think i'm going to all right this is don't the talk year. about it man about uh, this it. is this is the year i'm gonna do it all right that so, brings yeah. us to ride lane yeah okay uh this movie could have been like one of my new favorites, but it didn't. It ended up being a four star for me. Mm-hmm. It leaned in to some weird, and it would have been better for me if it stayed into that. It gave me hella Scott Pilgrim versus the world vibes sometimes. Sometimes. Like I, every time I thought we were going to go super weird, like have some sort of animated animated sequence or dream world sequence yeah. or just something wild, it was gearing up, gearing up, then just pulled back. Like, this movie like bubbled to the surface of being like a weird zany movie. Yeah. Like sci-fi somehow. Sure. I just kept waiting for something to happen that never happened. Ended up just being a very, like it's British. Mm-hmm. Just British comedy. Yeah. But it's so much different than an American comedy. I think the uniqueness of it caught me off guard and I just kept thinking it was going to be something it wasn't. Yeah. Which made me enjoy it more, but also kept it from being a higher rating for me because... I just kept thinking something was going to happen that was just wonky and didn't happen. And you're not you're not a rom-com guy. At no. its core, this is a rom-com. Yeah. And I think that's... I, I think if Abby wanted to watch it, because I think she'd like it, if Abby wanted to watch it, that would be my only other time I'll watch this movie because yeah. I it will go down for me on subsequent ratings. Wow. Because now I know what it is. Yeah. Part of what made me enjoy this movie so much was the anticipation of what was Dude. never came. So... So much for so much of my enjoyment with movies is like, like you said, that that kind of like expectation mm. of knowing what I'm going to get and it kind of meeting a need. It's like it's like food. It's like it's like comfort food. Like I know what I need to meet this need of hunger. But if I really want something like I want something that I'm going to like. Yeah. And dude, I love this movie. It was it was I can't believe I'm saying it, but like. I, I I didn't really. I never really thought I was a rom com guy. No, I, you are a rom com. I am a rom com guy, uh, and I, I I watched this movie, and at the very end, when she waved, or when he waved, mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, they yeah, got me." Didn't get me. It, they got me. I was sitting there going, "But it was so no Scott Pilgrim." That's what I was. So Rain Allen Miller, like it's the first it's direct directorial debut. She, which is great debut yes um you know obviously a young act young director um uh freaking david johnson uh who is on in industry which is one of my like when when succession wraps on hbo 
industry is going to be my new obsession. Dude, it's freaking amazing. If you haven't I, seen it yet, I've heard nothing but good things. It it probably fits more the billions mold. Um, Ooh, love billions. I'm t- it, it it probably does, except it's it's like Euphoria meets billions. Um, and so because it, it's it's following these uh young stockbrokers and you know they're making their making their way in these um, British banks and you know the rest is history. But David Johnson's in it. He's 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 amazing. But um, so whenever I saw him in this movie, just based off my experience with industry, his character was a lot different. Um, even like the very first scene with him in the bathroom, uh, him crying like <laughs> that was so off um, off script of what I'm used to seeing him play. Right. Uh, so I immediately was kind of hooked. And then um, I want to get her name. Um, Vivian, uh, Vivian Opera, who plays uh, Yaz. Is this her first big role too? I think. I have no idea. She was great. Uh, maybe, but she's. I mean, I think she's just been in some other. She was in Teen Spirit, which has uh, a little white lie. I've been trying to find it this whole time. A little white. It's out now. You should watch it. The one with Michael Shannon and Kate Hudson and uh, Zach Braff. Oh yeah. Talk about rom coms. I was trying to remember the name of it. Oh okay. Yes. That's Um, out now. Sorry. That was a rom-com? Apparently that's what it is now. Okay. So. Well, I wouldn't like I won't like it as much as Ryland because honestly, um I, I was trying to think about what I like the most about this movie and the the fact that it is so Ooh, comforting. One day as a line. Um you stream not to. Okay. Um but it's so comforting. It it's because it reminds me of a Wes Anderson movie and they even kind of Yeah. They make a call to it like in the very yeah. f- one of the very first scenes of this this their they're set up in this um, art exhibit and this um, it's also very Gen Z. Yeah. Um, kind of almost makes fun of millennials to one point. And yeah. I kind of, it was one of, I was like, I'm old watching mm-hmm. this. Um, but they make fun of one of these guys instead of looking like uh, like a Wes Anderson, whatever. Um, and then the title card shows at one point and it, it just, it looks like Wes Anderson. It does, yeah. Um, and so I just, I, I, I like the direction of the movie. The script was amazing. Very sharp. Um, it's funny too. Super funny, and but yeah. told a very good story in an unorthodox manner. Yeah, which I loved that, and it was super quick and precise. It took took place basically in less than twelve hours. Yeah, um, I'm telling you though, the whole time. So you told me I needed to watch this. Tyler told me I needed to watch this, and Dawson told me I needed to watch this. So I was like, so good. All right, the trifecta. You know, yeah. you three all like movies. I trust your inputs. Like, all right, I'll watch it, and I I really did like it. I just, I just, it gave me Scott Pilgrim immediate like 10 minutes in, I was like oh yeah this is gonna be a scott british scott pilgrim versus the world and it just no. never did but in its own way it was i i never got that vibe. It, it is solely like it is wes anderson but in a in a younger you know i, I i'll i look forward to um alan miller's next movie mm-hmm. to just get a feel for like is she just drawing inspiration f- from like it felt so much like a Wes Anderson movie, but those points that probably felt like a Scott Pilgrim, like I thought the, um, cause the movie follows to, uh, these two people that basically it's a meet cute, um, to where, you know, they're both, they've both gone through some, uh, breakups recently and they kind of help each other out through the whole process and sharing their stories. And whenever they re recalled their experiences like that, almost theater, aspect to it where it's it's i i don't know it's almost outer body experience Mm -hmm. um 
that I kind of I kind of get a Scott Pilgrim vibe. Yeah. Um, to where it's it kind of breaks the fourth wall. Um, and and part of it like that's what kind of makes it feel like a Wes Anderson too, is because they're the camera shots are direct. They're they're looking at you and it's super tight focus. Has a lot but of those at the same zooms, time, yeah. it's it's like slow pans to almost like a comic strip. Like it's you're getting the full scene. Um so yeah, it's it's great. I love this movie. If I watch this again, so if you if you watch this again, you'd probably bump it down a half star. Maybe yeah, a it's not going to go down below three and a half, but it's definitely not going to go above I, a four. I could see this being a four and a half for me. Really? It, if I was to rewatch this, yeah, because honestly, of all the movies that I've watched, I find myself thinking about this one more than any. Really? Other. Yes. Dang. You know what movie I find myself thinking about more than any of them for me? Give it to me. Freaking air. Yeah, so I had two four and a half star movies this, yeah. this two weeks time. One being Mulholland Drive and one being um, Air. Air? Bro. You know how last year uh, the Banshees of Inishir ended up being low-key one of the funnier movies of the year but wasn't a comedy really? Yeah. This movie is hilarious. Like, I laughed out loud multiple times. I had a great time with Air. Ben Affleck directed the hell out of this movie yeah ton of fun you know he he's not in it that much matt damon and jason bateman high dynamic energy and chemistry together comic duo i wasn't expecting and just the fact that this is a true story i had no clue any of this like kind of like tetris i learned a lot in a very fun way air is going to be the movie to beat this year for me in terms of like like i should have chose this for oscar stuff like i'm serious it's not gonna win yeah but I would be surprised if it doesn't get some, a nomination or two um, for something. I don't know what, but for something. Okay. Uh, right now, I have it as um, my third highest rated film of the year. Behind this tied with John Wick at a four and a half star. I have John Wick edging it out. Um, Magazine Dreams being my only five star this year. Yeah. For 2023. Uh, but I know you, I'm not going to explain the movie because everybody knows what it is about Nike mm-hmm. getting back into the game and signing Michael Jordan to their shoe brand. Um, but like the effects of that, like the, how groundbreaking that deal was and what they did to get Michael Jordan. Yeah. Revolutionized the industry as we know it. Uh, it's, and like they also, the guy who signed Jordan and did all the stuff, Matt Damon's character was also the guy who championed NIL deals that just recently happened. Yeah. So it's still super neat. Like, I don't know. It was great. Matt Damon was phenomenal and Jason Bateman was a ton of fun. Um, it was just all around off. Fun, feel good, comedy, biopic, drama, all of the above. Like, it's another one. If you can see it in theaters, go support that shit because it's a ton of fun. Like, go watch Air. That's, it. That's my plug for it. Ton of awesome. fun. Awesome. I, I will watch this movie soon, but I, I did not have a, I, I didn't have a huge urge to just go go to the movies and watch this. I'll, yeah. I'll watch it at Homeland's VOD. It's good, real good. Good to hear. Um, I finally watched Mulholland Drive. Yeah, it's a classic, four and a half. Man. Yeah. I was expecting for it to be a five. Um, I'm glad that over the last month I've seen Requiem for a Dream and uh, Mulholland Drive. I felt those were two blind spots on my filmography of like all timers that I hadn't seen. Yeah. Now I have seen. Uh, so Mulholland Drive wasn't what I thought it was going to be, first of all. I don't know what I thought it was going to be. I saw it in high school, but it's too long. Like a lot of those movies I saw in high school are just, you know, kind of move on because I was yeah. drunk or probably whatever who knows but no Na- Naomi Watts and Laura Herring are your two main stars and um, Laura Herring I'm not really familiar with much of her work but uh, one thing if you haven't seen Mulholland Drive do not do not 
look at Letterboxd or any casting if you want to come to a fresh eyes. I okay. ruined myself midway through the movie. I was looking at something on Letterboxd. I pulled it up and it shows like Naomi Watts. I, I, I am going to talk spoilers. This movie came out forever I, ago. I haven't seen it. I thought you had seen Mulholland Drive. It, I have not seen it like fully. Oh, then I won't. Yeah. Don't, don't look at Letterboxd. I'll watch then. it this week. Don't look at Letterboxd. Okay. Do not look at the I, cast. I know. Nothing. I know this movie is is like, it is what it is because of the twist of this movie. Yeah, and, my, mean, and that's midway that's through David the movie, Bush. I looked at something on Letterboxd. Yeah. Like, oh, I know that person. And I got spoiled. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I can't talk about it anymore then. Yeah. That part. Just pro- do not look at anything on Letterboxd or anything about yeah, this film. Totally. Um. And then after you, after immediately after watching, keep that in mind, then you'll go look and be like, ah, wow, that sucks for Jonathan. Uh, no, this movie is a ton of fun. Uh, actually, it's not. It's not fun. It's a mind, mind boner the whole time. Yes. Um, like I said, midway, it could have been. Honestly, this probably would have been a five-star movie if I didn't spoil it for myself. Why'd you do that? I didn't had no clue Letterboxd <laughs> was going to spoil it for me. Just literally on the casting yeah. page. Um. But yeah, that twist was, if you didn't know, revolutionary. Sure. Like, man, like right up there with the prestige and stuff. Like, it's good stuff. So I think you should watch Blue Velvet next. So I was going to ask you about this. I'm probably going to hold off doing a bunch of David Lynch because I think we'll inevitably do him in review. I I love David Lynch. I think that would be exhausting. I mean, I, I love David Lynch. Okay, we're not going to do them in review then. We're just saying that then I, I will watch. But I didn't want to go watch through his filmography. I've only seen a handful. I think if we this. do it, I think we will do it. I just don't think it'll be anytime soon. Okay, then I can go watch I think you need to watch Blue Velvet. Okay. Because that is, that's a Because I was looking movie. at his filmography. I've only seen four or five of his films. So. Yeah. Uh, but no, Mulholland Drive is great. Naomi Watts is great. I don't know whatever happened to Naomi Watts. Like her newest film. Um, what was the name of it? I saw it in theaters during the pandemic. Um i got to go pull it up now. Um, I mean, she was in Birdman. Infinite Storm, based on a true story. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't that great? Um, but now we watch Justin Theroux, Laura Herring. They're all great. Um, you got some Lucifer vibes. If you're a Supernatural fan, you get some young Mark Pellegrino, which is funny because 2001, I'm uh, pretty sure Supernatural was airing already. It yeah. aired for 15 years. Um, are you Sons of Anarchy fan? Uh, I haven't watched it yet. It's, oh. it, I don't get the... Uh, Are you a Supernatural fan? I'm sure I would fan? like it now. Hmm. Yeah. They're doing uh, meet and greets in Nashville. The Supernatural cast. Go for it. And so is the Sons of Anarchy in Evansville. And I want to do both of those things. Get pictures of them. I probably would like Sons of Art Anarchy. It's just, I don't know, it feels like one of those shows that just drains you. It doesn't. Emotionally. It doesn't. It gets you... Get you going, gets the blood flowing. But anyway, Mulholland Drive. Since you ha- since you're going to revisit it, uh, this is one of those ones to talk about. It is to spoil it, but it is yeah. a twisty film. Um, not to be confused with the porn site. It is a twisty film, not a twisties film. Very very different. I don't want to be responsible <laughs> for you guys. Man. If you guys like get on your parents' computers, don't do that. Uh, can't be any worse than what LimeWire used to do though. LimeWire yeah. and Frost FrostWire, Morpheus, all those good tarot tarot whatever torrent sites there it is <laughs> but no Mulholland Drive's great uh in you know just a mind bone of a film loved it we'll discuss this after you watch it again more in detail yep so that's what that's what it is. But I finally watched it and it lived up to the hype uh just don't look just once again do not once you start it just I'm don't touch your phone to. don't look up anything else 
So, um, is that, is that it? I think that is, that's it for movies, man. That's it. All yeah. right. So I'm going to start, I'm just going to go through mine cause I don't have much to say about them cause I haven't finished either. I watched two episodes of beef. Yeah. That's all everybody seems to be talking about. Um, Tyler has just hyped it, hyped it up to me. A lot of people have. The first two episodes are really good, but I'm not in love with it. But I don't, I don't dislike it either. I, like I've heard it's a steady incline. Okay. Which is, you know, movies like that, people, it, like it just becomes more and more unhinged yeah. and crazy. And yeah. So, yeah. But the, I've watched the first two episodes, but I haven't watched it again in days. Like, I don't have. <laughs> So I guess I'm just not hooked hooked yet, but yeah. I enjoyed it. Like yeah. I'm going to finish it eventually, but I, it's good. Stephen Young, Ali Wong, both great. I'm into the characters. Um, so to be to be cons- you know revisited here, and then the bear. We're up to episode seven. Still like it, but I don't love it like I thought I was. You know, seven episodes in, I feel like I should know. I like it. I don't I, love it. I'll be honest. I was the same trajectory of just like it's a good hang. I love the cast. I was getting more and more invested in them, but that that freaking uh, online order. This is episode, episode, episode we're up to, though. I'm telling you, dude. I that I watched that show. I was like, this is the greatest show ever. I don't think that's gonna do it for me. And then you get to the ending because I'm just yeah. telling you, man. Full circle comes back out in June, so we're right right on time to finish this. So yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I do like it, but like I said, I don't. I'm not where you are with it. So we'll see after next week when we record sure. again. Uh, next Tuesday, though, I'll let you know because I'll have finished it by then. Okay, so that's it. That's all I've been watching. Well, so I'll hit the shows that because um, I I do want to talk about Justified with you, and, but we'll save that towards the very end. Um, some shows that I've been watching is some HBO love here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love what they do, man. Some, they're great. Some great stuff. And, you know, they're dropping HBO from their name and like, oh, month. going to Max, man. Stupid. Just one X, though, thankfully. They should do three. And then uh-huh. we, that way we still know it's HBO. Uh, but just some just uh, some HBO love. Um, I've been watching Perry Mason, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, I haven't seen any of that. It's so. a good hang. Um, Matthew the, Rise is like, which is that, I, that the, the guy from the Americans? Yes. Okay. He's amazing. Okay. Absolutely amazing in this show. Um, and I listened to some interviews with him, and he's he's got a, um, I think he's Scottish, oh, um, okay. so his accent is just it's amazing. Um, but yeah, this is kind of like Perry Mason. Like if you know anything about it, like Perry Mason is, I can't remember if he's a, a literature. Like I know there are it was a TV show, but I don't know if it's based off a book as well. Um, but you know it a long stand like character. Um, in TV, uh, it's basically his origin story of how he turns from a PI to a defense attorney and kind of like his rise. And he's, he tackles all these different cases. Now that he's kind of established, he's starting his agency in the second season um, that's just started. Um, you know, he, he kind of has like his biggest high profile case. And uh, dude, the, the way that they shoot this, it's done in the 30s, I think, in L.A. before L.A. is what L.A. is. Yeah. Um, like the golden time of oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, no, not even golden. Like oh, okay. this is like dirt roads, like building. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I don't want to go into any anything just because it's 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 so hard to explain. But um, this is like Law and Order for like it's just a stylish Law and Order. Okay. Being if I'm being honest, it's a lot of court court uh, courtroom drama stuff. 
I know people um, love it, but I've never really seen much about it. So I mean, Matthew Rise is, is every bit worth the billing. Um, I forget the other casting. Hold on, because it is um, it, it's a great cast, and I think overall, um, the the people that that show up episode after episode uh, make it worth worth the watch. Um, I need season two though. <laughs> Um, season two. Yeah, so Chris Chalk is in it as well. He plays um Paul Drake. You got Juliet Rylance. Uh, Any relation to Mark? Mark Rylance. Yeah. Uh, I don't see. I don't think so, but uh, you also got uh, Shea Wiggum. Love my man, Shea Wiggum. He, he's awesome in this show. He's, he's got the always, pencil-thin mustache. Oh, even better. He's always eating something. Peak like, Shea Wiggum right there. Dude was made for this time of television, or like this this time. Um, so yeah, it, it's great. I would definitely give it a watch whenever you just kind of want to chill. Um, and then show that uh, just picked up last night. You just started it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, no, no, no. Perry no. Mason is amazing. You're talking about Barry. Next. Yes, Barry. Are you just now starting Barry, or are you caught current? Well, season two just started last night. No, it didn't. Yes, That's it did. Not season two. Or season four. Yeah, season okay. Season two of Perry Mason. We're season in the season four. series finale, too. Yes, see, uh, series finale. Um, absolutely amazing. The, I've only the, seen the first two seasons of Barry, the way but I'm going to restart it. The way the show is just completely... Like repurposed, like the storytelling mm-hmm. and even the actors, like just totally different tone. Um, I never would have pinned Bill Hader for something like this either. Like when Barry Bill first Hader. started, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a fun comedy. And then, like, yeah, it's kind of fun. You kind of know it's there though, because I feel like his uh, IF, um, the docuseries, whatever, what documentary now stuff, yeah, like. I feel like there's create the the creativity's there, but the purpose is to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like that same creativity is being used here, but it's in a more like therapy driven show. Like this, this like the people writing this have been the therapy type of thing yeah. to where um, they're it's very self reflective, and I think kind of. Um, I think what's interesting about the first two episodes, I think for this whole season is, is, um, um, shoot, I just said his name. Shay Wiggle? No, the, um, <sighs> Barry. What's his name? Oh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill Hader's directing every episode. Yeah. Um, and I think like the, the vision for it's going to be clear, clearer than it has been. And just based off the first two episodes, it's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. I'm, I say I'm gonna watch Succession and Barry all this week, but it's probably not gonna happen because I got some movies I need to watch too. But no. I will. Those are those are two things that I'm gonna start Barry over because I watched the first two seasons back to back, and that was like a while back now. So give up on Tetris. Give up. I'm on the final level. I can't just beat up. Yes, give you can. Up on I Tetris. do it all the no. time. I even give Facetimed up. Kyle the other day. Yeah. For motivational support, like, hey, what, as this pressure, watch me beat this level, and like to get to 75 lines clears, which is why I made it. He's watching is like 26 minutes. He's like, how long does this take? I was like, 
I don't know. <laughs> I've never made it this far. <laughs> and then I died. Uh, give up and watch Succession. I can't. I got Vampire Survivors too. Give and up. Disney Dreamlight Valley give had their update. And watch Succession. I can't. Literally, it, it would take 10 hours for a season. That's like, what, two nights for you? No. Two nights. Oh, I can't do that. You watch. I will. I will watch Succession. I'm going to start it this week. I maybe at best will finish a season this week. That's a start, though. The first season, like it's you got to power through. Yeah, I didn't it's love the first good. episode. The first episode, like they, they they didn't even know what the show was. Yeah, I'm I'm wholehearted. Listen, like this style is driving me you. insane. It's killing you. It itches. Yeah, and it, and it also hurts at the same time. Yeah, I can feel it throbbing. This is your flu game, man. It's your flu game. It's dry. in honor of air. I've never had flu game. a style like this before. I've had like a tiny little white one that's yeah. gone in like 24 hours. It's been a week now. Guys, he's he's really going through it right now. Looks like I have a freaking black eye over here. Lots of prayers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got to watch Succession. I will. Season, I will. like obviously, if you get on the internet. Uh, uh, I can't get on the internet because I almost, I don't yeah, want to spoilers. Don't, you don't need to know anything because. The whole world blew up after the second episode of Succession's this new season, so. Just flush that. It wasn't the second, but. Third, whatever. Whatever. Just flush it because you need I'm to. I'm assuming the old man died. Put, I'm just telling you, man, this movie has, or this show has a way of completely immersing you mm -hmm. in these people live, lives, questioning motives, questioning, you know, just, just everything, your, your own reality, because it feels so real. Um, obviously they're pulling from a lot of real life, um, experiences, real life, um, actual stories, um, that happen. A lot of, a lot of what's happening in this season kind of even calls back to the, uh, Rupert Murdoch, um, not Rupert Murdoch, the um, the uh, Fox. Uh, what's his name? That is Rupert Murdoch. It is Murdoch? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, like, like Fox his, News. Yeah, owner? like his yeah. story of like selling selling Fox and then basically yeah. investing everything into Fox News. Yeah. Um, like that those those plots and then, man, it's just. <sighs> I will watch it. It I is a comedy, it. but it is it is so introspective and. I don't know, man. It is. It's rough. It's rough. I watched. I don't know. It's hard. I'm it's excited. Hard to I, will, I will watch it. I know there's too much hype. And I know. It, so I, yeah. And I, it's going to be so hyped up for you that you're not going to like it. And it's, it's no, no, no. Piss no. Me off. See, I, I, no, I, I can move. I can look past that. So, that doesn't bother me. I'm not the one to get, especially with TV shows, movies. I can get that way with. Yeah. Shows. The, the big thing with this series though, and, and this is why I would try to sell it on like is how well it's done not in of like oh it's it's made in film and they you know they use these lenses that make it look like this it, it's it is screenplay like you're not screenplay it is um like i mean it is like a theater like show i forget the actual word but um like a production no 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 like like it is like the big comp that it always gets like this is shakespeare this is okay the story of king lear yeah um and you know, however much you know of actual Shakespeare stuff, like could, much. could dictate how you. I've seen this, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, that's a little different. <laughs> Have you seen Anonymous? No. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Uh, but I don't know, man. Everybody brings it. It's a great cast. Um, I will I'm watch stop it. talking about it because I'm losing words for it. I will watch it. Okay. I will start it this week, and I will at least finish season one by the next time we. So yeah, that's everything I've been watching outside of Justified. Justified 
so let me tell you, I'm 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 close to the season finale of season four. Dang. So Drew Thompson has been revealed. Spoilers on Justified. Drew Thompson. What's characters? Shelby. Sheriff Shelby. Yes. Okay. That helps. Yeah. Uh, so Drew Thompson has been revealed. He's running away. They're trying to catch him. LMA is is back with uh, Ava. Um, I think Ava is my least fair, favorite character. Uh, nope, that's not true. That's not true. Winona's oh, my least favorite. Winona yeah. is my least favorite character. He's uh he plays Bobby in Supernatural. That was bugging oh, me. Yeah. I was like, I could see the face, but who Wait, is Winona? Who? Drew Thompson. Oh yes. Yeah, it's Bobby in Supernatural. Gotcha. Uh. Who, which, which ones, which of the girls are your least favorite? Uh, Winona is my least favorite. Like she, she's like a gossip girl, like type. Um, who was the girl? Oh yeah. Winona. Yeah. I was getting her and Ava's face mixed up. Yeah. No. Winona. She's, she gets on my nerves. So does Ava. Both of them women get on my nerves. Yeah. Uh, I think that's unfortunately part of the point, but yeah, Ava's a little bit more redeeming because the relationship with her and, uh, um, Boyd, like, dude, Gosh, I freaking love Boyd. Boyd Crowder is one of the best written TV antagonists ever. So, I totally. I Are to- you up to Mark? Sorry, one second. Yeah, yeah. about women. Are you up to Margot Martindale's character yet? Plays Mags. Mags Bennett. Yeah, she's already died. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She was a great character. Absolutely loved me some Mags. That was, but that was so the first three seasons. I was watching it See, after what the- you after what you had told me about Lynn. He loved yeah. he loved this show. Yeah. Until after the third season. Yeah. And I kept thinking, I was like, what is it that is just gonna turn Lynn off? It gets so the good. first the first three <laughs> seasons are like straight up like burn notice. Like yeah. it is safe. It is super like like cable television. Yeah. It's you know, good, drama. but it's not like it, you know You've got your like the the art character. Like in the first three seasons, is super hammy. Nick like, Searcy, his character, yeah, yeah, yeah super yeah. hammy. And then the the secondary characters in the show are, are just sec- really secondary. There's no the real first plot. three seasons. They don't push the plot along. The first three seasons, you have Raylan and Boyd, and that's the only fun part of the show. Well, so I I really think that Boyd Boyd was supposed to die the first season. I don't know if that's true or not, but like the show is called Justified. Mm-hmm. And so the whole, I don't know, the whole gunslinger, martial um, point of the show, I think, you know, Timothy uh, Olympia, is that how you? Oliphant. Oliphant, yeah. How would I know? Uh, Timothy Oliphant, he, like his, his, he's great. He's, Are you ready for the, you're going to finish this right in time for the, for the reboot. Reboot? Same cast, well, minus, well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Justified yeah, yeah. from evil. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Comes out this summer. Okay. So, anyways, I think Boyd was supposed to die or stay in jail, whatever. It's I, been I, too long since I've seen it, so I don't remember. I, I really, so far, I'm excited for where the show's going, mm-hmm. and I know it only gets better. Like, they start what, out. What's happening They start right out now? season four. So, uh, Drew Thompson is basically, uh, so the, the Limehouse, Limehouse mm-hmm. has been introduced. So Love Limehouse. Limehouse is basically great character. captured. He kind of takes Mags's role. Yes, which is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how they don't really play into the race stuff in it. Yeah. They easily could, but they don't. They do a little bit more later, but okay. But but not in okay. like a, but it, it, it's fitting yeah, for yeah. some of the other characters that come into it yeah. as well. So what do you think of like Dewey and, uh, oh, what's, uh, 
Dicky Dewey and Dicky. I was Bennett. tired of Dewey until he thought he lost his kidneys. That was an <laughs> like that was a bottle episode, but yep. it was a great bottle episode. Yeah, I I love Dicky Bennett. Yeah, uh, Dicky Bennett was was great. Um, uh, what's that actor's name? Jeremy Davies. Jerry, De- yeah. So the other stuff he's in. Um, well, most recently he was in the Black Black Phone. Yeah, he plays the dad in the Black Phone. Uh, he was in Lost. Yes, Lost uh, is what I I probably remember him mm-hmm. most from. Um, but anyways, um, Timothy Oliphant, and then um, what's Boyd Crowder's the actor's name? Walton Goggins. He was he was casted for Uncle Baby Billy. Like I can't not see Uncle Baby Billy because yeah, of, see, I'm vice versa. Yeah. I only see Boyd Crowder and everything he does. Everything makes sense though. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Baby Billy. Yeah. Um, Have you seen Vice Principals? No, I haven't. That's one HBO show you got to watch. It's Vice Principals. Is that an old one? Uh, no. I mean, like in the last six years. Uh, Danny McBride wrote and directed it. Yeah. Uh, it's basically Eastbound and Down, but set. So there's only two seasons. He only wanted to have one, but they, it did so it's well. Long. They did two, and he said he's not doing a third. He said maybe the hype's still there in 10 years. They'll do a movie and f- finish it up. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically two vice principals that are gunning for the head principal job. Yeah. And it's Danny McBride, who's basically playing Kenny Powders 2.0, <laughs> and Walton Goggins, who's basically playing Boyd Crowder in a public school system. That's- and they're <laughs> vying for the main principal position. <laughs> And it is wild. And Shea Wiggum's the main supporting character. In it. Oh so, <laughs> yeah, it's a great time. You um, should watch Fast Principles. Uh, I, that, yeah, that feels like me. Um, but yeah, boy, so I'm excited to see where the show kind of takes um, Boyd and Raylan because they are kind of running parallel. The other thing I did not like before I move on, Arlo. I was just, I was going to ask you about Arlo and uh, old Robert Quarles. Robert Quarles, Robert Quarles. Neil McDonald's oh, yes. character. Great. One of the better antagonists in the show. It's not Boy Crowder. Yeah, but I feel like they bumbled the like the actual ending of his character, like the execution. I can't remember how far you are into that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I loved his character up to the, the end the of his character. End. And I was yeah, like, it, oh, it felt man. like they were trying to just tie up loose ends and yeah. just didn't didn't execute well. Is Win Duffy still around? Um yeah, Win Duffy's still around. That's what that's the whole thing with Drew Thompson. Yeah. Is because Drew Thompson saw uh, Tino, mm. Tito, or the Detroit guy. Yeah. Uh, he saw him kill somebody. So he's the only person that could technically go to the feds and pin him for a murder. And so he's been in hiding this whole time. Um, when Duffy has basically been charged to like bring him in. Um, I forgot Chadwick Boseman's in this show for a little bit. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, his character. Yeah. His, that, that was all in that fourth season. Yeah. Or no, third season. The uh, then the third the season. fourth season though is where Dukes um, shoot the Perry Marison character that I had mentioned earlier is in. Well, my question now: What's Boyd doing right now? Boyd is Boyd's trying to get Drew Thompson. Okay, he's he's working with Winduff. He's trying to prove that he can move heroin in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. I'm excited. It's I, I'm excited. I. Can't wait because this this show has a lot of uh, comparisons to Dexter in terms of have you seen all Dexter? Yeah, right. kind of how it ends. People are not thrilled. It's how it, yeah, and now it's coming back, but not in the same way. Different kind of fumble to me. But is this Raylan's show going forward? Like, is this Raylan's show? Like the new season? No, no, no. Like from season four on, from what I've from what I've this seen show to the end. Like, this show is Raylan and Boyd's show. I, and I'm all for. I hope I get more context because even 
recently, whenever I watched it, um, even one of the more recent episodes that I watched, like someone called, like was calling out, like, um, well, because Johnny, cousin Johnny, mm-hmm. was basically this whole time has been trying the to one sell the limp. Yeah, the one that's trying to sell Boyd out. Yeah, he, you know, he calls Rayland out and was like, "What do you even care?" It's like, you know, it was like, "I'm, I'm his family or whatever." Mm-hmm. And Raylan's like, yeah, we just dug dug coal together. Like we didn't weren't that close. Yeah. And uh I, I don't know, man. I, I hope they give more to show the investment at all. They do a little bit, but I think you may be a little underwhelmed. They this yeah. show does really well, like season three ish, three and a half on. Yeah. Do really well. And I loved I loved they wrapped this show up pretty neat. Yeah. But people didn't people just want it left you wanting more. Yeah. But not not in like a Dexter kind of way. You'll see. I, I I will. I'll I'm very interested this. to hear what you think about the ending with Boyd and Raylan. That's. I, I think I have an idea. I might have. I might have stumbled on a spoiler, but I don't. I'm not going to think too hard on it. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, <laughs> I, Justified has one like Walton Goggins, Boyd Crowder's character is one of my all time favorite television characters. Like, in everything he's done since, I swear it's been based on that character. Yeah, I like, mean it's it's his thing, and it works. All, all the good actors do. I mean, yeah. Jason Sudeikis. And until he, do you watch The Mandalorian? Yeah, Timothy Oliphant's the Marshal. Like he's basically yeah. justified in space. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. I, I remember Givens. the hype. It was, it was it was crazy. So no, justified's great. I'm glad I'm glad you're glad you're giving it a watch. I still want Abby to watch it one day because it's been long enough. I'd I'd yeah. give it a rewatch. So, yeah. uh, anyway, that brings us to what we've been watching. We're gonna rapid fire these news stories Let's and do it. And move Let's on. fire through it. Uh, Netflix's Love Is Blind live disaster. I have no clue because I don't watch. So that. yeah, let let me let me say this. Um, in case you didn't know. Netflix is a streaming service mm-hmm. and normally whenever you stream stuff, it's because it's already uploaded to a server that you can access in real time, not real time, mm-hmm. like access whenever because it's, it's available to watch. It's already right. been recorded. It's there. Mm-hmm. So a live event, it's not, it's not meant. The infrastructure is not there mm-hmm. just because. So anyone that doesn't know love, love is blind is basically a, um, I didn't know it was a Netflix show. It, it's a Netflix show where I thought it was like TLC or something. Yeah, where men and women they go into these. It's a it's a social experiment, like all these other. It's not blind people dating show. No, it's it not blind, blind people. people on TLC. So basically, what you're doing is you're saying that you're going to go into these quote unquote pods, okay, uh, to meet men and women, uh, like men meet women, women meet men, uh, meet them. And the whole premise of, is to find love without ever seeing them. So you're sitting down having these long, long conversations, talking with one another. You can meet other women. Is this the one where I've seen the viral trailer, like this little Asian dude uh, is talking to this girl. They really get along. He stands up and asks the hugger. And then when he hugs her, he goes, oh, we're not a match because she was like really fat. And everybody's like, wow, this dude just cheated the game. Finesse this girl. Like they were really vibing. And he's like, can I give you a hug? And they like had to feel their way over to each other, and he gave her no. a hug. He's like, "Oh no, say no, no," because there's there's a wall through you. Oh, okay, yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Okay, um, I don't know what that is. It sounds like a Jubilee video. You ever seen those? No, <laughs> it's a YouTube thing. Uh, but um, so yeah, these people, and so by the end, like you're like the goal is to propose. Mm. I think overall, you're spending ten days in these chain, like these this place, and you're forming these connections and. You propose. If you propose, you meet each other for the first time. Once you meet each other for the first time, you spend like a week in like a quote unquote honeymoon retreat type thing in Mexico where you're all all these people who have said I do 
um, or yes to spend time together. And do they meet? You go through the you go through the whole process of meeting friends, meeting family. The the good. So basically, you get out of the pod, and then you go to Bachelor in Paradise, and people kind switch. Of, people yeah. switch. People don't switch. Like these people stay together. The whole point is to make it to the end, to a wedding, to where you either say I do or I don't. Do you get money if you say I do? You keep a ring, or you like. There's I, no like million dollar prize. It's love. No, I don't believe it. Yeah. It's fake. I mean, it's a Netflix. I want to con- see it's a Netflix contract to show up in other shows, probably. But yeah, I want to see the longevity so, on these marriages. It's not great. The success rate hasn't been great, but it's good drama. Um, I was trying to explain Caitlin because, as we've said on the show, I enjoy I partake in The Bachelor, um, and shows like that. Caitlin had said that she she watches it for the drama. And like roots against the relationships or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Love is Blind, like she wants the relationship to succeed. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because of the editing. Like it's super, super over edited for me. Love is blind is. Yeah. Um I've no interest in Love is Blind. It, it it's no. it's weird. I, I won't I'll the only get reality back. TV show I watch is Survivor. I'll I'll get back to the main point being they did a reunion show okay. last night. Um, and it was live streamed. Um, it was a live broadcast, and it was an hour late. It was oh. an hour late to start. Okay, started out fifteen minutes in. You pull it up, and it, you would just get an error. Finally, like thirty minutes till it was about to, or thirty minutes after it was supposed to start, you finally get. We're having some technical difficulties. We'll be right there, and it's just awaiting. Thirty minutes go by. <laughs> No, it was an hour. I just didn't show up on my Twitter feed. Almost an hour and fifteen minutes into it, it finally goes live, and it's a two-hour show. And whether it was actually live or not, I don't know, but it's fine. But Netflix does not need to live stream. Hmm. And you know they could do that. I miss this whole. I miss the, this whole debacle. They did it one other time with Chris Rock's uh, stand-up. Did thing. it go well? Apparently, there weren't any issues, but obviously, their servers were not ready for this. So yeah, shocking. Um, second story: Oppenheimer was almost delayed to the end of the year, but now it's still on track to release same day as Barbie, July twenty yeah, first. Th- this was like a, you know, you wake up one morning and and Oppenheimer's delayed. I remember. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, it was delayed, it was dropped, delayed. and then I think it was literally like five hours later. Which I I was surprised because the day before they said there was a delay. Matt Damon had said he had seen Oppenheimer and it's fantastic. So I was like, it's got to be close to being finished. I don't know why yeah. they're delaying it if Damon's already seen it. So um. I'm glad I, I'm glad I, that's a hell of a whiplash of a double feature in terms of tone, <laughs> but I'm all in. Yeah. Give me that day. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm really ex- Oppenheimer obviously gets all the hype, but the more and more I see from Barbie, the more and more I'm sold on Barbie. So yeah, because it's it, it looks fantastic because we, we didn't talk about it, but they released a full trailer. That's not just a teaser for it uh, while we were gone. Uh, the full Barbie trailer. Yeah, looks great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. I did not expect Will Ferrell to be in this film. That was a shock. That was, uh, I, I, you saw Truman Show for the mm-hmm. first time. I, I do get a feeling this is going to be a very Truman Show, it, which if I'm being honest, the fact that it, it possibly could be so much like another movie that is, you know, does well, kind of makes me feel like this might not be as much of a success as I thought. Now, if the acting's great, the script's great, like, obviously, it will transcend all that, mm-hmm. but um, Truman, shows, Margo, Truman if, Show's really if this great. this movie doesn't do well, though, that's four Margot, 
Margot Robbie movies in a row that didn't do great. Yeah. So she gets be, all the hype, but yeah. yeah. Uh, third story: Super Mario Brothers is a great success. You'd be shocked if people don't know when I do mean like Dawson do that voice at work or like out and around like, or me and Garrett did it. They'd be oh. like, "What is that?" Like Borat? Who? You mean who? Or you want to see, have you seen Borat? I mean, I've seen. I'm thirty year old man. Like I've I've seen enough of Borat. You never seen the full movie though in its entirety. <laughs> Like no, you got to. It's oh, worth it. It okay. holds up today even better than it used to. Okay, it's it's funny. Even Abby thinks it's funny. Like it's great. You anyway. Uh, it's done like eight hundred and fifty million dollars yeah, already. It, there's there's talk that it will probably hit the billion dollar mark. Highest grossing opening world worldwide. Uh, beat Frozen two out yeah. for animated films. So, uh, and it's the only non Disney movie in the top five. So yeah, crushed it. So good for it. I'm glad. Like I said, I'm a Disney fanatic through and through. I'll be there in less than a month. Um, but I'm glad. I think competition does breed success, and I, no one's been challenging Disney. Yeah, and I think good. now DreamWorks is on it, and now Illumination's on it. I think this is good. I feel like DreamWorks and Illumination though are kind of are they owned by the same people? I, Illumination I just does their so. own thing. Because Puss in Boots doesn't have like the Minions intro and stuff like that. But it is Illumination. I thought I could be wrong though. I don't think so. You have to look it up. Uh, we'll move on to the next news story while you do that, though. But yeah, Super Mario Brothers is absolutely crushing it. It did have like a 14% drop off, but that's, you know, no big deal. Um, yeah, it look, it, it, it's really, really good. Uh, the next news story, and you mentioned this before we went live too, Marvel is about ready to, is has a contingency in plans to cut ties with Jonathan Majors after his uh, scandal. Um, and you told me his agent dropped him as yeah. well. So... I hadn't seen the agent thing. So there must be a lot more truth to this whole thing and some stuff that's about to come out. If the agent's dropping and Disney has released, they released a press statement that they're ready to drop Jonathan Majors. You don't just drop somebody. You've signed to an eight picture deal off a of rumor or yeah. PR that's already moved on and you just let breathe. There must be some other stuff going to come out about this. Either that, or it's like um, a red hair, not a red herring, but like a, you know, a warning shot of just like whatever you have to do to settle or like to make this right. Like, don't fight it. Like, own up to it. Own it. Be a redemption story. Move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Either way, it doesn't look good for Jonathan Majors and you chose Magazine Dreams. Yeah, that's all right. So, um, still doesn't take away from the quality of the film, though. It's fantastic and I can't wait for everybody to watch it. Uh, But it is, it is, it is sad because I really did like Jonathan Majors. He was one of the most exciting parts about uh, where I think the Kang Dynasty and Marvel's going, so I do hope they're able to work this out, and I, you know, I do hope that the accusations aren't true. Yeah. Um, and if they are true, I, you know, I feel sorry for the women. Um, I'm sorry to them as well, but we won't know probably for still a little bit more. So Illumination is, um, it is co-owned um, by Universal Pictures, which is oh, owned DreamWorks. by DreamWorks. Are they just two separate entities? I believe so. Kind of like sometimes Pixar and Disney yes. separate too? Okay. Interesting. I have odd choices to do Legacy that. Legacy media, man. But uh, anyway, so I, put, I tagged in Nexus unless you have anything to add about majors. It goes no. in hand in hand. I saw three or four news articles today. Now, they none of them were like major ones, but like just some early, early gossip that Ryan Gosling could pay play Kank. What? Three different little news sources. That's now like none of them were like big. I, so I feel like Gosling has that ability to 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 bring 
that a major's would decay, mm-hmm. where it's it's just kind of like zero to one hundred, like I think out the gate. At first, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, are you serious?" Yeah. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, "You know what? This may be the role that makes me like Brian Gosling more." <laughs> we can be friends after <laughs> As this. If role. Ken wasn't enough. Well, I haven't seen it yet, so we'll see. Yeah, he's just Ken. That would be a very interesting choice, though. I'd be. I'd, can you imagine the backlash though Disney gets from ousting Jonathan Majors and then doing White Ryan Gosling? But at the same time, though, I was just thinking it would be more convincing if they just did a totally different. Like, even if it wasn't just White, what if he was Asian or Indian or you know whatever? Yeah, I think it would be less convincing if if you replace him with another black actor. Yeah, probably. Um, regardless of the the talent, I, I think. Overall, it's the charisma that has to be matched of of Jonathan Majors. You know who should, they should cast? If they want to go with that Joaquin Phoenix. Is yeah, oh, they're gonna say Hugh Grant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be fantastic. No, Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix and the oh, MCU man. would be fantastic. But I'd rather him be somebody like Doctor Doom or something like that. That'd be that'd be intense. That'd be fun. But no, that's interesting. The whole I hope the major stuff gets settled. But if not, the Ryan Gosling, you know, a little rumor mill. That would be a very interesting thing. I don't think I'd be opposed to. So. Who also would be great at it if they weren't canceled? Kevin Spacey, I think, would no. be a very good Kang. I'm saying I like some Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I think he'd be a good white Kang. Anyway, uh, the next one, live action. We're getting a live action Moana and a live action Lilo and Stitch. Which they casted the young Lilo. They casted Nani. We know Zach Galifianakis is voicing Stitch. Do we need a live action Lilo and Stitch? Absolutely not. Of all the properties that needed one, this is probably not the one. I- I would disagree. I think of, of any of them, I feel like Lilo and Stitch would probably work. I hope so. Lilo and Stitch is one of my favorite oh, like animated Disney films. I yeah. love it. Uh, and that's why I probably am a little like, because uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking Sonic. I could just see the Stitch design being bad. But they end up fixing Sonic. Fixing. Yeah. And I think after they made fun of Sonic in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, yeah, Disney will be careful self, yeah. as they're self-aware about it. But um, no, um, Lilo and Stitch is what it is. I, I'm more optimistic about that than Moana. First of all, well, Lilo and Stitch is like 20 years old. So, God, you know, holy crap. It's good to have that come back. I even love the TV show they had. Oh, it was, it was great. great. Love the I Lilo and Stitch it. movie or show. Um, Moana is just like six years old. Actually, I think it's a little lot older seven. than that now. Seven years old. Yeah. Um, it's no, new. No still. one asked for this. No one asked for Except it. Except maybe The Rock. Yeah, because Black Adam failed to and I needed something else. And and he's out of the Fast and Furious franchise, so he needs a new he's franchise. He's got to fund the XFL, man. I don't need... I have zero excitement for the Moana. Like, I have zero excitement for the Little Mermaid, which we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But the fact that The, the Rock's going to have to be in a wig scares me. Like, I don't want to see The Rock in a wig. It's going to be weird. Yeah. It's going to be very off-putting. I don't see how this movie makes it to screen, to be honest. I'd be surprised maybe, if they... Well, I know they made the announcement, so... Maybe The Little Mermaid will be so bad that they just won't do it. I hope so, but The Rock's adamant. I mean, what The Rock get, walk, walk, what the rock wants, he gets unless he meets somebody like James Gunn, and I hope somebody at Disney has the balls to be like, we're not putting you in a wig. Yeah, I, I don't. I have no interest in it. I won't watch it, probably. I will, Unless it's, it's absolutely terrible and... You don't have to watch. It's like a, a car crash. Like, I just don't see how anybody could think this is a good idea. But whatever. 
Um, so so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So uh, what about this runtime then? Right, we'll the skip down Mermaid. to that one for a minute. Yeah, The Little Mermaid has a two hour and like 20 minute runtime. Uh, why? Exactly. The original one was like an hour and 25, hour and 30. Uh, so I guess you're getting more time on land. I guess, but they said it's almost a, like the exact same plot. So I feel like you got to get more time on land because those CGI, like that, that's all going to be terrible. So it hopefully it'll be a redeeming quality. Maybe the more I hear about this movie, the more I'm out on this movie. Yeah, it's sad. So it's, not it's just another, it's just another bummer for it. So, you know, whatever, but some news that I think is interesting that we're both going to enjoy slash be more a little more critical of here is we got some James Bond news. One, they're in early negotiations to tap Dennis Villanueva. Whoop, whoop. The main producers, that's who they're eyeing, and they're in discussions. Dude, give me Sicario. Like, yeah. Sicario, James Bond. Yep. It would be great. Heck yes. Um, and to pair that, they did say the actor is going to be a lesser known in their 30s. So you're getting a young James Bond, lesser known, and a yeah. potential Dennis Villanueva. So Timothy Chalamet as. Because Bill yeah. I'm joking. Uh, so I guess Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, he's he fits the he's age. Still, he still could like he's. I think he is still quote. Unquote, I think that would be known. a. I think that would be a fun pair. Yeah, I mean he he could, which if it's gonna be Dennis Villanueva, I think you get a gritty. I I think it won't be a super hard turn away from um, uh, from Daniel Craig's version. Yeah. Um, one of the some of the conversation that I've heard as far as like the bond franchise, like the direction that they could go was like, do you kind of go more towards the, um, to the earlier days of bond to where it was kind of hammy, hammy. She, and just like, not with Villanueva. That's not yeah, where it'll it, go to. It'll exactly. Be more like, which is more reassuring. It, it feels more, it'll be more like grounded. John wick. Yeah. Meets the, well, if you take out Craig's in just two different franchises, it'd be sure. like John Wick makes Mission Impossible, which, which that's awesome. that would be great. And I think that's what Villanueva would bring to it. Yeah. So it, it, that 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 gets me very excited. I've been very tepid on the whole Bond news, but the D- Dennis Villanueva and my, my immediate thought was John Wick Mission Impossible mashup, which did, I'm all in did for. Craig's um, did Craig's Bonds like have uh? same directors or were they i think some of them were different so at least with the first one it might be cast like yeah yeah i'm not sure they didn't say how long what i just know they're the producer the main two producers were uh talking about dennis foot devil in yesterday in the press press tour so um speaking of other well-known properties hbo is officially greenlit a Harry Potter reboot. Uh, each season will be a new book or will be uh, a retelling of the books. Yeah. Um, and Jake, they took the ballsy move and brought JK Rowling back on, which yeah. has been met with a very, I mean, probably just as a producer. Yeah. Um, but they, they were pretty adamant that, Hey, she's here. Yeah. She's here for creative oversight. Like basically saying like, Hey, there won't be, I'm just going to stand because that's what it is. J.K. Rowling's not gonna let them have a bunch of gay and trans characters in it. That's well, that's her property. She's made it very she, not HBO. So she's made it very clear as long as she owns the right to Harry Potter, which she does. Yeah, that's not gonna happen in her works. To the to your point, I think the reason that that is that's not not important 
Um, but I think overall, if J.K. Rowling's like if they they if she was not to be announced as someone that was already involved in this, mm-hmm. if it was to just be guessed or assumed or whatever that she's not, they don't say anything, and then it's released. And I feel like that in a world where J.K. Rowling's is not in it, it would be expected for that person to for for there to be you know either a homosexual or a trans uh, mm-hmm. character to where it 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 almost doesn't feel true to not true to the story but um necessary to the story yeah to where it moves the story along um like and that's what she's she's back on to here because it's her actual books yes like hogwarts legacy does have a tr- very yeah. serona you know a trans well, character uh, yeah. main character um, key character and all she she just signed off like hey this is a harry potter creation you can use some of the lore but she's yeah. not a you know it's technically within reason they can make take creative liberties with it make yep. their own ip with it you know um but with these she's not allowing that it's still the retelling of the books via s- season which again i don't think it's i don't think it's fair or necessary to say that she's not allowing unless she has outright tweeted or something no she has outright not for this okay. specific thing she's outright tweeted before like when all the controversy yeah, yeah, I, cuz that was so she said her- there will be no trans or homosexuality in my like the core series in the in the in this live action series no in any adaptations of these books yeah or like talking about her core works yeah those will stay as the books are written okay she's very adamant about that again like it is what it is i mean yeah i like at this point like she's the one making the big deal out of it but because i think i see both sides of it if you're gonna remake it, just remake it. Yeah. It's stupid to remake it right now anyway, because it's still too new. And plus who the whole controversy now is who's gonna to get to play Snape? That's a sensitive thing in and of itself. Alan Rigman's gone, so you don't really have their blessing. If they don't cast Adam Driver though, it's all stupid. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You have to cast Adam Driver as Snape. Like you just have to. I don't, really, I don't you even have to know cast, who's close to second. And he has to cast um Ian McDowell or uh Magnet Gandalf yeah, sure. as Dumbledore. Tell me those aren't two inspired castings right there. But he Ian McKellen. There you go. Let him play the other great yeah. wizard in fiction. Yeah. Gandalf and Dumbledore. And Magneto. He's That'd got the amazing. big three done. He's yeah. done it. You know? <laughs> so, you know, Christopher Lee's dead. So, you know, just yeah. move on. But whatever. Uh I'm not I will watch them, of course. Uh, yeah. And if they get the casting right, I'll be even more and, excited. But and if the goal is to which I think HBO is great about this as far as staying true. Like if they do like they did with Last of Us, The mm-hmm. Last of Us. That'll be great. They yeah, get a few I've, good showrunners. They cast it the right way. Yeah. My peers will be relieved. Uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to enjoy the casting of... I think this the peripheral characters, and I'm not saying Dumbledore. I know the Harry, like I'm thinking of Abby. And, are you, mm-hmm. You're a big Harry Potter fan too. Yeah. I don't mean peripheral as dismissive. Like, but like Snape and yeah. Dumbledore, people like that. The real issues are going to be with Harry, Ron... Armani, those are going to be your yeah. big people because those are the most iconic. Like you immediately associate them with Rupert Grant, Daniel Radcliffe, and you know Emma Watson or Emma Emma Watson. Um, those are going to be hard to see as anybody else. Yeah, personally, I, I think that is part of the. There's almost like a sigh of relief from HBO to have Rawlings still attached to this because you kind of have a lightning rod of. Like, hey, this is the this is why we're going with said actor, because this is my vision. Yeah, and I, I don't know. 
now the, what I don't know because they she, they get so focused on the trans and homosexuality yeah. stuff is if they're going to allow like what if Harry Potter's black. Now, first of all, just the discourse no, I, around that would be bad times. Yeah, I don't think they would do that just because you have you have illustrated book covers that J.K. Rowling's. Well, they did that a, the Little Mermaid too. Little Mermaid's been white for a hundred years. I understand that, but that's that's more of a Disney agenda based like yeah. decision that. Overall, the whole point of it was, and the new guy who owns was HBO to, was to stretch yeah. kind of people's perspective and point of view on this stuff. The HBO guy doesn't seem like the kind of guy that bows down to pressure anyway, though. Yeah, like, hence the Max name. He doesn't care. Yeah, I, I feel That's like like but, he's 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 man. Anyway, I think this could be really good, and it's just if they don't cast Adam Driver, though, we riot. Yeah, that's that's my biggest thing. Uh, next story: Lord of the Rings. Speaking of. Another, I didn't know we had so Bond, Potter, and Lord of the Rings all in a row. Uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings: Return of the King is crushing it at the box office right now. The re-release, four hour, twenty minutes, people selling out theaters to see this. So super excited! I didn't know it was going to have multiple weeks at Cinemark. I might try to go see it. Um, I might try to go see it with you. That'd be a great time. Uh, other cinema news: Bo was afraid. Um, if you've seen the reviews, they're all over the spectrum. Some really? people calling it a career killer. Uh, like uh, for Ari Aster yeah. or yeah, really? Ari Aster, yeah, said it's the one of the most self-indulgent, like Babylon, basically, like <laughs> uh, Babylon 2.0. And then you got some people saying it's like one of the greatest works of art ever made. So <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, they said that basically he's working out his mommy issues on screen. Uh, then some people say it's like deep metaphorical. Some people said it's like way too weird. So all, everything I'm seeing is just free advertiser to make me love this movie. Um, I'm all in on it. I have to wait till May 1st to go see it. Uh, it opens that weekend, but it's Abby's birthday weekend, so I have to wait yeah. till that Monday. So I'll go and see Abby's it Monday, May 1st. Abby's not be itching to go see this? No, definitely not. <laughs> and lastly, we touched on it a minute ago uh, earlier in the show. Renfield bombed. I'm sad about it. It barely cracked the top five. Um, but we did get on Stephen Colbert, Nick Cage, named his top five Nick Cage films that he thinks wow. are his per- personal favorites. Can you guess what they are? If Raising Arizona isn't one of it them? It isn't. Wow. It isn't. Face Off? No. Con Air? No. These are his top five films he starred in. Adaptation? No. Pig was the first. Okay. Pig was his number one favorite movie he's got to star in. Uh, oh, the uh, Scorsese one. Bring Out Your Dead. That was Bring one. Bring Out Your Dead. Um, what was the... Uh, Left Behind. No, no. <laughs> so you said it so believingly too. No, I don't know. Mandy, okay. Mandy's fantastic. Yeah, love Mandy. Um, Renfield. No, shoot. <laughs> now I only remember the top three. Oh, Joe. Joe was another one that was his fifth Joe's with Ty Sheridan. One. Yes, yeah, uh, that was. It's a really good one. Um. Oh man, what was his fifth? Is it an action? No. Uh, hang on. Nick Cage's top off. Cause I, so based off, based off Mandy, based off, um, pig, I'm, I'm just, I'm really surprised. So it's, it's a lot more current stuff. Um, um mostly here it is. I saw, I honestly thought he was going to say, so pig was number one. I need to revisit that one. I mean, that's really good. Like, that's a 90 minute movie and it's just. Oh, it's uh, Bad Lieutenant, easy. Port of uh, Port of Call, New Orleans. I've never even seen that one. Leave him in What? That was his third. 
Say the name again? Uh, Bad Lieutenant Dash Port of Call New Orleans. Okay. Who's, who's, who directed this? Oh, movie? he did have a six. Uh, Vampire's Kiss as I've a bonus at the end. Never heard of that one either. Um, but Eva Mendez is in that one too. Uh, but yeah, not none of the like iconic like Gone in sixty seconds, adaptation, Con Air face off. I honestly kind of thought the unbearable weight of massive talent, the one that kind of relaunched him into mainstream fame, would have been on there. But nope. But good for Cage uh, for going into. You know, did you ever see Prisoners of a Ghostland? No, <laughs> ton of fun. So, did you find it? No, I didn't. It's okay though. I'm looking at some other stuff on Letterbox. But anyway, that's it. That's for it for this episode. Now, this is gonna be the longer episode of the week because our next episode for Thursday. Yeah, we're just gonna be previewing basically. We're doing a Coen Brothers interview, and that starts. Um, yeah, we'll talk through some com- of the filmography. Yeah, kind of like what quick hitters of what we th- well not quick but kind of quick like what stands out from the Coen Brothers yeah. that we've seen, haven't seen, what our anticipation is, what we're gonna think about them. Um, and we do. I can go ahead and tell you our first two movies we're gonna be watching. Um, or no, I'll save it and announce it for Thursday. Okay. We'll announce it Thursday. All right. So, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about, it'll be basically all Coen Brothers, the Coen Brothers podcast. We're excited. Uh, but yeah, it'll be uh, definitely a totally different shift from Terry Gilliam. Um, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So thanks for rejoining us. We gave you a lot to dissect or dissect, digest, digest here. Uh, I know it was longer than normal, but that's because of a two week break. So uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get back to the normal routine. So uh, this has been another, uh, you know, mostly film mostly film episode so uh wherever you're listening to us where you're tickling your ear holes just give us a give us a like give us a follow give us a subscribe and give us five stars baby uh and we'll we'll see you on thursday uh my name is jonathan joined by my uh my co-host jp bye everybody, bye, guys. Bye, everybody.